Jesus said, Behold, I come quickly. 2,000 years ago, his words came to pass. AD 70, Jerusalem surrounded by armies. The temple destroyed. Sacrifices ceased. The end of the age. So where are we at on the prophetic timeline of history? Jesus said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given unto me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. And that we have been made kings and priests to reign here on earth. The Revelation Red Pill, the kingdom of God is now. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, now and forever. Amen. Hey guys, welcome back to Revelation Red Pill. It's a Wednesday. We have the Resistance Chicks Healing Ministry team in the house. We've got Dr. Reverend Dad, Jason Heidinger in the house. Mrs. Beautiful Samantha Lendl and the one and the only amazing pair, John Barnes and Stacy Barnes. Guys, welcome to the program. We are so glad that you are here. Glad to be here. <laughs> Hi. We're we very to, glad to be here. We to, I'm glad but we had some iPhone difficulties. You know, Zoom is not for the faint of heart. It, it, it makes for very good television, and we should have streamed it, but you missed the... Oh, uh, it was so great. It would have been, been, like, been a great intro. It was sideways. Matter of fact, really, we I was a, recording all of that. We will make a blooper so reel. So we could make it. a blooper reel oh, later no. on. <laughs> Mostly just Sam, like, facepalming, like, Mom, Dad. It's hilarious. No, it was really great. Yeah, on the phone. Okay, turn the thing sideways. Go swipe right. The four boxes... Um, I do, we do need to, uh, we need to set the record straight on, on Jason Heidinger, because I don't believe that we, we have not had him, had back, him since back since Dr. Reverend Dad, <laughs> since we have been for 20, is how many weeks? This is the 28th week. 28 weeks. We have wrongfully introduced this man. <laughs> and I need to, I am making a public apology. Okay. <laughs> This is not just some bum off the street, by the way, <laughs> that we just threw on to the show, okay? Yes, he went to Rama Bible Training Center, and so did I. We got our little reverend certificates or whatever. But Jason's a doctor. <laughs> like, legit. Not just, like, a PhD in history or something, okay? Uh, I don't even know what, what Dr. Laura was or if, if Dr. Phil is even a psychiatrist. I don't know. <laughs> okay? But, like, legit... <laughs> Uh, we were talking about it. Like, we always knew that Jason was a chiropractor. And he never introduced himself For as Dr. For the record, Hy I was 95% sure that that made him a doctor. Yeah, but well, it was you. And it you was said, me. I said, Lee, he's a doctor. And you're like, no, he's not. He's just a chiropractor. <laughs> no, I didn't say that. No I, no, I didn't say that. It's kind of what you said. I was like, well, is he, does he have, is he actually a doctor? I was really thinking to myself, okay, so every chiropractor that I know is a doctor. And I was like, he's got to be a doctor. So I would like for y'all to think about this. Bull Pony, chiropractor, doctor, doctor artist, chiropractor, doctor, Dr. Eric Naputi, chiropractor, doctor. But Bull Pony doesn't know. Dr. Jason Heidinger, doctor. No, that's what I'm saying. Every doc, every chiropractor I know, that's what I realized. And I was like, maybe we should be introducing him as doctor. Doctor. So I, so I messaged him. Jason, tell us about the uh, where Dr. Reverend Dad comes from. So that's actually how my oldest son, Bryce, has me in his phone. So it's always kind of like an inside joke is, you know, we call him Dr. or Dr. Jason. That's how most people knew me for 15 years when I had my different chiropractic offices. 
and now you know being a pastor um executive pastor at one church and then having our home ministry he just put me in as dr reverend dad and so okay. that is something that has kind of stuck for the last year year and a half and so while we are talking about this um jason took off and why don't you just tell this is part of the testimonies um do you want to tell uh, our viewers um kind of why you stopped practicing and what you're getting ready to launch right now so it was 2017 um i was looking at going to a bible school the church we were at um had a leadership school so i went there I actually enrolled or signed up and then uh some of our friends who are out in colorado springs they were rainbow grads they were like hey why don't you consider going to this one so we watched an eight minute video uh brother hagan the Kenneth E. Hagen, so the one that founded the ministry. And we're like, we're going to go there. So we, it was actually within a six-week pe six period of time, we listed our house, sold it, closed our office, and moved out here. Um, and our friends actually paid for our application to Rama, And so it was a whole testimony. Um, our real estate agent was like, okay, we're December. We listed our house, I think it was December 1st. And... On December 11th, we had a contract, and it wasn't, it was a three-acre property, so not everybody wants land when you're out in the Virginia Beach area. So it was just a God thing. So six weeks later, we are, um, January 8th, we are, yeah, January 8th, we were out here in Oklahoma, and we've been here ever since. Went to Bible school, graduated after two and a half years. Um, I was an executive pastor at a church. We had our home ministry, and now we're launching um, Kingdom Healing Community. It's something where I'm combining what I did as a chiropractor, um, where I can actually see chiropractic patients locally, Tulsa Broken Area, but also doing virtual consults. Um, the supplements that I take for my family, I can actually uh, get for other clients. And then we're also just going to have kingdom information because as a chiropractor, I, most of the time, well, I wasn't even saved when I first became a chiropractor, and I would still get good results. And with what I know now and being able to pray for clients and all that and bringing the kingdom into the natural healing arts. I just know we're going to see better results than I ever did and just practice. It's a kingdom healing community. It's combining what I do as a chiropractor, but what I know through the ministry of the gospel and the gospel re ministry of reconciliation and bringing it all together. And my son's been huge. He's the one that actually did the whole website. He designed our logo. Um, and we actually do a marketing business too, where we learn from Corey Gray. So it's all, God surrounded us with people that have got us to the point where we now have kingdom healing community um, and that we're, we've launched and we're moving with. So I am really excited for this. And obviously we're going to have you back on for your own show to, um, to, to do this. I, I, it dawned on me when you were, it, you guys need to understand that Jason humbled himself greatly to, you know, they, he had a, he had, did you say you had multiple chiropractor offices? Uh, at one point I did have, we were doing a lot of nutrition and stuff. And so I was a part of two offices at one point. Okay. So um, he, yeah. So Jason had his own practice. He was operating. He was doing great. He was doing financially. He was, he was doing fantastic. And God said, Hey, I need you to set this back. You need you to set this down. He had such great results. His patients loved him, but God called him into ministry. And now God is calling him back to do ministry and healing at the same time. Um, he was actually able to do a virtual consult for Michelle. 
And I think that this is something really great for us as as kingdom believers. So the check is in the mail, <laughs> Jason. So can uh, can can people? Uh, are we? Are we, is this a slow roll? Can people begin to contact you right There's away? There's a contact form. I just had it up showing everybody. You can contact them right now, right, yep. Jason? Yeah, it goes. We have an email set up for that, and so you can actually feel a contact. Um, it allows you to schedule the local chiropractic virtual consult and it comes right to our email and we get the the notifications are on so we'll you can sign up for their back mailing list get... so this is really Which fantastic. that's a work in progress you guys are um you they're located in tulsa so if you guys are located in tulsa oklahoma then you guys can get the the hands-on jason which um is awesome and um we we watched him work on his own kids and his family so it's it's really awesome um but yeah you guys we have a doctor we now we have our own chick. doctor. We have Boom. a doctor in the house, Boom. and uh, the he's got standard process uh, is one of the supplements that he um, is able to um, kind of walk you guys through. I take them. I take one. Uh, I take OVXP. Uh, my mom takes one for cardio um, that actually Doctor Artist recommends, uh, especially for people with asthma. So uh, that that's that's so they I'm can follow you about. on Facebook. They can follow you on Rumble. They can follow you on YouTube, and it's just at kingdom healing community right jason and i yeah. think so yeah right okay. i said all that <laughs> and, and i know this is going to be one of these uh videos that's going to go down in history you guys we're going to get rolling here in a second but bards fest we guys tickets are going like wild like wildfire we know that stacy and john are going to be there jason's going to be there um tell them a little bit about it the dates and what september 21st through 23rd 2023 and I have to put that because these videos are going down in the annals of history. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's going to be in Flemingsburg, Kentucky. We're going to camp for three days. We're going to be doing deliverance. John and Stacy and Jason are going to be there laying hands. Maybe Samantha, that's still up in the air. Um, laying hands on people, doing deliverance, ministering, imparting, equipping the saints for the work of the ministry. There's going to be speakers throughout the day. We've got Dr. Dr. Lee Merritt, possibly Tom Runs, Pete uh, Chambers, Joe Scott Vega. Kesterson. So we're going to have a Navy Steels. John and Jason. We're going to have a... I don't know if it's Navy SEALs or just combat vet round table on how to do spiritual warfare and kinetic warfare. It's going to be, we have like three days of, of hands-on survival, oh, and survival classes for kids. Kid, your kids will literally be worn Home out. Homesteading and they're going to have a movie night. And we've got um, like a wedding on Wednesday night if you come early. Some medical training even for kids. Uh, some survival training. So it's it's really three days of jam-packed awesomeness. We're going to have some bluegrass bands. Uh, it's just going to be and worship. So you can go to bardsfm.com forward slash bardsfest. And if you're watching this in the future, there will be future bardsfest. So still go to bardsfm.com and see when the next bardsfest is going to be. Um, so here's the deal. Speaking of bardsfest and tonight on it's all Saturday. Connected. It's all on connected. Saturday. Yeah. We are going to be doing, Jason and John are going to get up. They're going to speak whatever God puts on their heart, testimony-wise, whatever, you know, God leads for them to do. They're going to be a part of the round table that we're going to do. Mm -hmm. We're going to invite people up to get prayed for, for repentance of pornography, sexual abuse, inner healing, and stuff like that. And for the past three weeks, if you guys have been tuning in to episodes 25, 26, and 27, your mind is probably hurting. It probably needs a little 
you know, massage after what it's been through because these were some really intense weeks. Yeah. Especially if you've been through, I want to call it, and Patriot Gallery calls it SRA, satanic ritual abuse. Yes. If you've been molested as a child, satanic ritual abuse. If you have been, you know, exposed to pornography as a child, satanic ritual abuse. That's what it all boils down to. It's demonic and you need deliverance. You need to be set free. If you have an addiction to pornography, then and you can't get set free, then you are bound to something demonic and you need to be delivered. And a lot of times, guys, it's not your fault and you need to know that. Mm -hmm. So tonight we have invited John and Stacy, Sam and Jason on to kind of go over and give our thoughts about the last um, three weeks and what they've seen. But before we get into that, I kind of want to get a little backstory from both John and Stacy and Sam. So Sam, let's go with you. You want to tell people kind of who you are? Just... <laughs> yeah, sure. I'm Sam. I am a mom of a ton of kids. <laughs> I've got four boys of my own, and then my husband has three. And then we've adopted uh, Mark's niece. And so it's a busy crowd here. <laughs> I'm uh, homeschooling the little ones and hoping to get the older ones into homeschool pretty soon. But uh, yeah, I've been working with women um, with mothers associated with postpartum depression um, since I suffered with that with all four of my pregnancies. So um, I've just been working with them through coaching and prayer to help them overcome the challenges that come with um, just new motherhood, not always women that struggled with postpartum, but just the whole identity shift when you become a mom, and especially in the world that we live in and um, under the previous, um, you know, rapture theory that um, a lot of us have been indoctrinated in. It's a scary yeah, place and time to bring children into the world, and I noticed that trend a lot, and so... I'm really refreshed and rejuvenated and excited to um, start helping people with the kingdom victory message that <laughs> it's an exciting world to bring our children into. And this is like the best time to be bringing children into the world. Our kids are going to be ruling as kings and priests and ushering in a whole new world that we haven't seen before. So I'm really excited about that, and I just want other people to shed that worry and shed that anxiety about bringing children into the world and have fresh eyes about That's it. That's so good. Sam, how long have you been uh, watching Resistance Chicks? I met you guys in September, just blindly never having seen a single episode. <laughs> At Plymouth, my mom dragged us there. She was like, this is going to be so awesome. And I just wanted to have like a family reunion. I always say I, I miss like waking up with my siblings and having like cereal around the breakfast table. And so we wanted to have a weekend where we all got together and mom's crafty. And she was like, let's do it in Plymouth. I know something going on and we can rent a house. And it ended up that my siblings weren't able to go, but I still went, and so it was awesome. I'm so glad I went, but life's never been the same. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's awesome. All right, so John, Stacey, uh, you've been a part of Resistance just a little bit longer. You heard, I, I think you heard about us on Scott's show. Uh, tell us a little bit, a little bit about you guys. 
Hi, everybody. I'm Stacy. I'm John. We um, um, I started 2020 and all of that went down with the COVID and the shutdowns and Trump leaving office and being voted out and or in and out and in. I couldn't watch TV anymore. So I shut cable off. And so now what do you do? <laughs> so, so you have to get your news from somewhere. So I went to alternative news sites and I started listening. I, I heard Scott Kesterson sometime in 2019. And so I started listening to him religiously, I would say, um, at, right afterwards, because I and then he had some great sites that you could go into, like Dr. Tenpenny and yes. And, and um, what she was all about and following her science and her, you know, her 20 years of more of experience of, of um, kids vaccines and all of that. And so now with all adding that into <clears throat> what kind of vaccines they were trying to make up at that point in time. And so Scott was, um, had you guys at Bard's Fest. We did not go to Bard's Fest. We, I, I listened to Bard's Fest in the stalls while I was cleaning the stalls of the new cows that we had because um, um, we escaped out of the urban society and went rural and um, we're lucky to land on my grandparents' farm. Um, in, they bought it in 1952. We always used it as just a getaway, the family, and I was lucky enough to be able to live up here. We live in our fifth wheel. We were traveling a lot. The kids were all over the country. So we wanted to see our grandchildren. So I said, John, we need to be more mobile. So we sold the house. We got a fifth wheel and we started to travel around. Samantha was in California. Gregory was in um, Yuma and, and, and Ricky was in Arizona. Anyways, they all ended up back in Massachusetts and we're the only ones that were still traveling. So that was funny. But <clears throat> Scott really did impress upon us uh, as I would listen to him and all he put out so much content. Um, and he uh, was talking about just going back to the ancient ways and, and Jeremiah 616 and, and doing... Um, you know, stop and wait and take a step backwards in time. And so we were lucky enough to do that. And while we did that, we heard you guys. And after listening to you at Bard's Fest, we, um, we started following you and started listening to your, um, to your show. And that's um, in January, y'all were starting to push the Plymouth. Um, we're gonna go to Plymouth this year. Now we're from Massachusetts. So we're thinking, and we're in New Hampshire at my at the property that we're on now, and we're like, I'm like Plymouth. We sh we should go to Plymouth, John. You know, um, this is something that I think we're called to do. They're 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 coming, and I would love to meet them. I we would listen to Michelle and Leah, and I would and I would look at you too, and I would say to John, I say, honey, these girls are prophetic. There's something about these girls. <laughs> there was just something I kept saying about it, and. He goes, okay, we'll go, we'll go. And so <clears throat> that's how we physically met. Um, but you guys have been instrumental in our walk and guiding us through getting us off of the rapture uh, because that's where we came into play. We, we um, got saved in Fort Lauderdale 
at a mega church um, somewhere in 1991 or 92. I can't exactly remember, but um, and it's it. It was a great church, we thought, and all that stuff. And 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 then we moved to Arizona, and really hunkered down in Arizona, and really got the um, Lord sent us to the desert. He did. He really did. And, and that, we, that's when we really learned the word, and we're really um, digging in. Digging in, yeah. But again, still rapture theory. Okay, so. Um, there's something about the doom and gloom of it, and I'm a positive person, so it, I, I tried very hard not to ever, uh, I wasn't one of the ones that, you know, s said things need to get worse before they get better. I, I just, I couldn't live that kind of uh, a life, so I, I always tried to impress on the kids, even though I was bringing them to church, and it was the doom and gloom. <laughs> so it's like, everything's going to be great, guys. Look at the world. It's awesome. <laughs> I love the earth. Isn't it great? <laughs> Who knew that the kingdom was actually here, okay, at the time when we were saying all this? So um, you guys introduced us to that, and we are so thankful for that. And um, and our eyes have, uh, nothing has been the same since. Um, we've, um, we've turned our whole lives over to God at this point in time and hope that he, he will use us in any way that he feels is appropriate for his kingdom. And so that's, um, John has always been um, a hardworking man. Um, Carpenter, why don't you tell them all about you? Oh, they don't need to hear about me. Then. Uh, so oddly, this is, how, this is how the Lord works. So just like in the book of Acts, um, Herod starts wanting to destroy and disrupt the church, mm -hmm. right? That they're, the apostles are starting. And so... They end up scattering everywhere and actually growing the kingdom. Mm -hmm. And of course, Jesus spoke about the kingdom. So now, every time, anytime we're reading scripture, Brady. it's like Brady's saying he's in the chat. Brady's in the chat. Brady's in he the says, chat. He says hi, Nana, Papa, and Resistance Chicks. <laughs> really, <laughs> really hey, wanted to come on, and we were like, not tonight, Brady. <laughs> <laughs> So that's kind of what happened to us with the COVID hit and mm -hmm. um, forced us into farming. And so praise the Lord. Right. And uh, we YouTubed everything. YouTubed we, everything. We, never, we don't own a dog. We have never owned an animal. And all of a sudden we have cows and chickens and How pigs. How many animals do you have right now, guys? Uh, around a hundred and well, including the meat birds. If you, okay. if you include the meat birds, there's a, uh, there's, there's like, Without the meat birds, there's a hundred meat birds or 97 now. And, um, and then, um, so we have 41 laying hens, four goats, nine pigs, nine cows. We just got one, one just went to the butcher. One went to, we call it freezer yeah. camp. <laughs> yep. two, two bunnies, two great Pyrenees. Um, so yeah, I, and two I other dogs. And, and two other big mini dogs that we inherited from my brother after he passed away. And so, uh, we, um, I, I think we're at the 67 range of, of animals at this point. Wow. And we didn't have any. And three pray. years ago, we didn't have anything. <laughs> so. That's crazy. So can, I want to jump in here and give my perspective of the three of you. Um, you guys are all very familiar with Jason, but. When Sam, so for those of you that may not have caught on to this, Samantha is John and Stacy's daughter, 
Okay. And Sam is married to an amazing man of God, Mark, and they have all their eight kids. So when they came to Plymouth and last Brady, September and in Brady's the in the chat, uh, we very brief, John and Stacy inserted themselves as volunteers. Like they were texting, is there anything we can do? Cause they're just like eager beaver. And Lee and I are very reluctant to, to accept help, but it was a miracle. They came in and through this very brief time in Plymouth, Leah, especially, and John and Stacy really clicked. And, and I didn't get to spend I, as much time with it them. Would, like there were things at our event in Plymouth that would not have happened if, if it, it weren't for, for John, John and Stacy. John, John has everything. He's got this big Dodge Ram truck and it has everything in it that you would need. He's like Mary Poppins in a truck. Okay. <laughs> right. So they, they got ice and a cooler. And they had us, a trailer, I think. And they had a trip. Yeah. And they, that helped us get the food and the water. And it was just amazing. They were just serving. And hard. all we saw from Sam, like the whole weekend is um, a, a stroller. And some amazing young kids and her husband. And I had to borrow her cell phone once. And we borrowed her kids. John, uh, and we borrowed and her kids. helped out a lot. Yeah. And so after Plymouth, um, I think, John and Stacey, you came to a couple of different events. You've traveled. And um, we actually, on our way home from Plymouth, we felt impressed to call Sam. We kind of got a little story um, very at the very brief at the end. And so our drive home, we're talking to Sam on the phone. Leah got a word from God for her. And it was really powerful. And so it was just like, I don't know what has happened in the last year, but somehow God has taken John and Stacy and Sam and they have become, now we're launching the Resistance Chicks Healing Ministry team and they are it along with Jason um, and his wife and his family. Uh, and it's so, so this is amazing, but I wanted to emphasize something really important. When we do Resistance Chicks and we're talking to you guys, you're like family. You may not be in daily messages throughout the day, all day long with us like Sam and John and Stacey and Jason. However, <laughs> it's they are you guys. You are real people. We you know are, you're real people. Yes. We know you have real lives. And at these events, when we meet, that's why we want you guys to come to Bards Fest. That's why we want you guys to come to Old School Star Boot Camp because we're real and you're real. And ministry happens on a, on a level that's real. Exactly. And so I want to get, uh, I want to dive into some of these testimonies because, um, for the past three weeks, we've been working through a lot of this stuff ourselves. Um, uh, uh, Jason, the reason we were like, oh, we need to say, we need to talk about him being a doctor is that he came to us from a medical perspective on ch women having children. And he knows his wife has done natural birthing. And so we're going to have uh, uh, Jason talk about that today. Sam's had some trauma, she said, was triggered by one of the episodes um, and if she feels uh, led to kind of talk a little bit about that and how God's taken her through healing. And then uh, both uh, Jason and John have had some issues that they've worked through and and he, and God has healed them through and they've helped other people through. And then Stacy has a testimony too. And Stacy has a testimony. So they had all these testimonies and I was like, y'all need to hear their testimonies. But before we get to their testimonies, we have received your testimonies via email. And I want to read just a couple of those to break the ice because you guys are all part of the resistance chicks family and we care about you and God cares about you. And tonight is a night I was outside in the garden. I was pulling weeds and I just was praying, God, bring the people here that need healing, bring the people here that need deliverance, bring the people here that, and, and, and every single person, if you guys have a prayer request uh, and, and you don't want it to be known, you can email us at massfaith33gmail.com and we'll pray for that. If you don't want your chat name in the chat. If you guys are comfortable with your prayer requests in the chat, we're going to pray for those things. But I want to read this, this, this particular email because we've been sitting on this one for a while. 
Um, I'm not. I'm not going to say the names. the names. Um, but this one I just downloaded. All right. This one is a, a little bit hard to read. Now, this one is from the perspective of a woman whose husband was addicted to pornography. Okay? So there's a testimony here. Um, a few days ago, I listened to your conversation on Bards FM. The timeliness of uh, that particular interview was profound to me. So many things you girls said in there validated, strengthened, and comforted me. I have had two failed marriages with pornography as the pervasive evil entity that distanced my husbands from me. God placed on my heart from a youth to write uh, my story so that other girls may be able to recognize dysfunction early on so as to avoid the mental, emotional, and physical pitfalls that thinking less of yourself than God's view creates. About five years ago, I had a conversation with someone whose close friend was an author. I told him that I had always been directed to write my story. He asked me why I haven't. I told him that I am a private person and don't like to place myself out there to be criticized. His response was, your unwillingness to be vulnerable is the roadblock to your success. So... Here's a little bit of her story. On June 26, 2022, at 7 a.m., her world crashed before uh, her eyes. I'm going to read it from her um, perspective. I heard my husband of 18 years stir, so I went upstairs to greet him in a new day and tell him not to bother making up the bed because I was going to wash the sheets. I found him fumbling with his phone nervously as he struggled to close what he was viewing and shove it under the pillow. I felt sick and demanded to see the phone. To my horror, what I discovered was naked photos of her on the phone. That he had taken without permission. Did we share that she actually told us to share this? Yes. On, uh, she said she actually specifically, I've been sitting on this. She said, please share this if you think it will help people. So uh, I felt like this was the perfect time to do that. Um, he knows how much I hate being in front of the camera. So this was deeply disturbing and traumatizing for me. There were other videos of him out at stores priming uh, his phone to prepare to take videos of women under their skirts, hoping to find one who was not wearing underwear. Fortunately, he was unsuccessful. He told me about one woman in particular who caught his fancy. He followed her around the store for 20 to 30 minutes. So, ladies, if you feel like someone's wa watching you, it's okay. You can walk away. You can tell somebody um, that he might, there might, you might have a stalker. Uh, he also went on to explain that she looked uh, what she looked like in great detail. My physical appearance did not match one single attribute of his explanation of her. The next day, I filed for divorce. Several weeks later, I had him sign a quick claim deed on the property we owned. There is a long explanation about why I chose to do that, so I won't go in there. I will say this. If he had been caught, and let's say the woman sued him for emotional distress and anguish that caused her to relapse into past traumas, I could have lost everything I had worked my whole life for. Additionally, had he been arrested, the attorney's fees would have mounted and he would have been listed as a registered sex offender. So she was thinking ahead of the game. Uh, I struggled with the divorce until one evening late July 2022. God had me open my Bible to the specific passage where Jesus gives one exception for divorce, sexual morality. God was so gracious and generous with me because he knew I needed to hear that from him right then. I could not have seen the freight train of my husband's perversion coming, but God did. In the early spring of 2022, God told me my beautiful... You do not see that it grieves me to watch you uh, allow this man to abuse you. I know this was God because I never called myself beautiful. My response was, Lord, are you talking about divorce? I do not like divorce. So later on in June of 2022, uh, the Holy Spirit began pointing out more things that caused chaos, confusion, and turmoil in her life, all stemming from this man. Uh, an interesting note is that throughout the time I have been with him, I have had many leg, toe, and foot injuries. A number of years ago, I began making the correlation between them that this man and my in inability to progress forward, it is true. We're going to unpack that. Sin and sickness that is really cause pain and disease. It is absolutely true. 
Um, on May 29, 2022, I burned myself with a hot coal while trying to manage the barbecue. It was deep and painful and took about six weeks to heal. On June 4th, 2022, my husband took the video of her, uh, which she spoke about. This is a perfect example. One of thousands of the opportunity my husband took to abuse me while I was most vulnerable. The types of abuses I have suffered throughout the course of my life uh, sourced from my childhood. I thought that putting those things in the past were where they belonged with dealing with it. Boy, was she wrong about that. I had to look at all the way back in order to recognize the problems to which I was exposed as a child so that I would be able to do the healing and sometimes deliverance of evil entities with which I may have willingly or unwillingly made contracts with. For me, that work began by looking back at her birth. When my mother was 17 years old, she got pregnant. Before she began to show, her parents shipped her across the country to a Catholic unwed mother's home in San Francisco. The nuns did not perform... Um, I don't even know what an epistemy is on girls I think it's because an they wanted them to experience. Oh, they, I don't think they gave them, um, Oh, the, the thing that numbs you. Yeah. Epidurals. That's, okay. I think that's what you meant because they wanted them to experience the entire pain of childbirth, which they hoped would be a deterrent for girls to not to want to get pregnant again. The baby was given up for adoption. Once my mother completed her 12th grade, she was forced out of the home. When she left, she moved into a communal living house, also in San Francisco, where there were individual bedrooms and a shared kitchen, living room, and bathrooms. It is there that my mother met my father. The two of them created another life together and married because of it. My father was in the Hollywood media industry and did not want that baby. So he introduced my mother to another couple who were in the Hollywood media scene and were expecting a baby they were planning to give up for adoption. Reluctantly, my mother gave that baby up for adoption option two. About four years later, my parents were struggling in their marriage. My father was coming home late and frequently stopping at the bar on the way home. One evening when speaking with the bartender about his troubled marriage, he decided to take the advice that the bartender told him. If having a baby will make your wife happy, give her one. Again, my mother became pregnant. She was happy. She planned and nested and prepared for a baby she waited and longed for. The baby was going to fulfill all the joy and happiness she had with, with losing the two prior babies. She foisted all those dreams and expectations on the shoulders of that tiny unborn life. At the moment of birth, her happiness was shattered. The baby had club feet and would require six weeks of cast and a year of special shoes that had a metal rod connecting them. She rejected the baby emotionally and physically and could barely tolerate the baby. She physically abused the infant because of the crying, which caused the father to want to leave the marriage. A year and a half later, he did just that. That baby was me. I was rejected from the moment of my birth based on my physical appearance that created a lifetime of cycles of abuse where I unwittingly sought out people who judged me based on that, this or that or other thing. And I would run around trying everything I could to try again for their approval. In 2015, in a moment of absolute desperate misery, I reached out to the Lord, please save me and help me. And I said, Lord, please show me your truth. I can handle it. Little did I know the enormity of that, which I was requesting because the truth, enlightenment and knowledge I had received along the way since then has almost broken me multiple times. Many times I have cried out, God, I am holding on with the faith of a mustard seed right now and this hurts. Please help me. And he always showed up. This is just one minuscule fragment of my story. There is so much more to say. God has called me to put this out there for someone to hear. If that someone is you, God wants you to know that he loves you enough that he took me out of my comfort zone to say these words to you. He loves you. He wants you to hear that there is light and there is hope. He wants, uh, you can make it through another day if you just trust and ask for the Holy Spirit to give you wisdom. For God to call upon his angels to surround you and for Jesus to hold your hand. Baby steps are required here. When you are unable to walk, crawl, I did. I have tears in my eyes and I've already read that one time. And for, um, for Samantha and John and Stacy, this person, I think I can say this, was with us at Plymouth. Um, so you have met them. 
And um, so like that is such an intense story. And, and guys, you know what I think it does. And thank you uh, to this person who um, was willing to share this. What it does is it kind of bridges a gap, uh, a gap of childhood trauma that leads to our even choices in the future. We're blinded. We choose the wrong spouse. You know what I mean? Everything that happens to us as children really will manifest as adults and it is tied to like demonic strongholds and things that you enter into she talked about that yeah. in in the email there so uh sam john and stacy do either of you have anything that you uh get out of that firstly like that is trauma on trauma on, like generational trauma that's so much for anyone family to go through let alone just two generations that's all we're talking here is a mother and her child and for that repeated trauma of being forced to separate from your child and give it up for adoption against your will not once but twice and then again the trauma that is inflicted on the baby as a result of that pain that that mother is harboring unhealed is just it's all completely avoidable and it it's so sad i think and thank god for god <laughs> thank god for god you know, i think this would be a really good time for stacy and john for you guys to tell your testimony of um your kids and and um little ricky no, Gregory? it's Gregory. Gregory. Oh, it was Gregory. Gregory. Oh, I Gregory. thought it was. Oh, okay. We talking, we talking the youngest one? Yeah. yeah. Yes, you right, guys want right. to. I can't remember that what order speak. you guys sent your messages to us in, but go ahead That's and just a... tell that story. I think this was based on our Margaret Sanger eugenics. It show. was. It was. So it tell was us totally how that affected that. you. So first of all, that was an impactful uh, whole episode right there. It really spoke volumes to me because of um we had four we have four children um samantha's number three so i had two children in a in a previous marriage i had jessica and rick and then um uh, i got divorced and and john and i have uh samantha and gregory and john raised all four and john saved um, sam or, or saved uh stacy basically Yes, he oh, did. Oh, yeah, that, I don't know, we had it's time kind of for like, that story. I don't know time for that. time you come like, on the show. It's like legit, it's like legit one it's of those. It's literally like one of those Hallmark <laughs> movies like that you would watch. I mean, it literally yes. is that. He's it's like, one of those yes, stories. Like that's exactly hero. right. Yes, he, he's he's three years younger than I am. And he was he was 20 years old when he was convincing me that, that, that he could handle uh, my my baggage, which was a lot. <laughs> and so I put it this way: I was okay. So we weren't saved yet. I was still buying his beer for him. How does that sound? He couldn't even buy his own. Beer, okay? <laughs> so, but anyways, um, so um, I don't even know where to begin. Um, some. So Samantha was born. Samantha Samantha was born in nineteen eighty seven. And we were in Massachusetts. And so we had one together. And and we only were going to have one more. And uh, 
six. We were, we were living in low-income housing. Yes, we were. We were. We were struggling. Um, it was. Um, it was a uh, in the eighties. It was back when you know you had eighteen percent interest and and things were falling. Uh, you know, and things like that. And and there was no work and things. And I was I was starting uh, my construction business at that time. Yeah, after you left my dad. Yeah. And. Uh, so anyway, so I went through, uh, we, we pray, we didn't pray on it. We just, cause we weren't safe. We, we, um, we said, uh, let's make sure we don't have any more kids because boy, aren't you fertile. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> let's, um, let's take care of this. So Samantha was six months old and we decided to go in for a tubal. And so we go in for the tubal and they do um, another procedure also, which is in the uterus where they um, do a, a thing called a DNC. And they, that's where they take the uterine wall and they kind of like clean it up. And so I was uh, under uh, anesthesia. And so they removed the, the fallopian tubes. They didn't just cauterize them. They they actually took pieces out. Yeah, Doctor Wolanski asked me, Do you, "Are we? Am I cauterizing them, or am I taking pieces out?" And and I was like, don't say "Yeah, the don't we, say the I, I I want the pieces removed. <laughs> I don't want. I don't no want more this, babies. I don't want this to backfire. We really, really didn't. Really, we thought you know we were had we had enough. And why can't I mention the baggie? So. So, so then, he gave me the. We've already now it's out it's out of the bag. In a little bag. So anyway, so <laughs> off we go, off we go to my. We're, we're now you know happily um, you know going about our business and our marriage and raising the kids, and months go by and months go by and I don't I I don't have to get my period or anything like that and so I call the doctor somewhere around three or four months in. And he said, don't worry, things usually are off for a few months. We'll, we'll you know, every if things don't, you know, get back to normal um, and within six or seven months, we'll, we'll come in and take a look. And so I, um, I then um, was standing in a, I was, I was going to Weight Watchers with my girlfriend. Samantha's now, um, you know, uh, nine months old, 10 months old. I just finished nursing her and I was, looking forward to getting my body back in shape again and uh i was going to weight watchers with a girlfriend and her scale was going down and my scale was going up and it just didn't make any sense and because i'm a pretty fit person and i was out to in a craft store with all the kids and i was buying these things and all of a sudden i got that feeling that you only get when you breastfeed um where you get this letdown feeling and you know that they're that is the only time you'll get it is either when you're nursing or when you're pregnant. And that's when I knew that I was pregnant again. So I called the doctor standing right there and he had me, I left the kids with my sister-in-law. I went over there and in the doctor's office, you know, he put the stethoscope on and with the speaker on and all you heard was boom, boom, boom. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh. And I just couldn't even believe it. So here I am. I'm um, almost six months since the tubal. Um, and um, that's when I found out that I was pregnant with Gregory. How so, far? Yeah. So that was pretty far along. So then um, 
I went to my grandmother's because my grandmother was my saving grace. And um, I went and told her about it. And I said, oh, this can't be. Oh, my God. She goes, well, what are you going to do about it? And I, she goes, is there something you think you should do about it? And I said, well, Mimi, if I could, I would. But it's way too late for that. And she goes, that's right. It certainly is. <laughs> and she goes, God, children are a blessing, Stacy, And God gave you a blessing that you don't know about yet. This is my grandmother, Meme. She was the sweetest thing in the world. She only had an eighth grade education. She came out of the depression, but boy, that woman could speak clear as a bell. And um, so we go in, we have Gregory three months later, and then we go in and have my, um, we have to find out, am I, was I a sterile pregnant walking person or am <laughs> I, or did the, the tubal go completely bad? So we had. I to brought go. the baggie with me. So there's. <laughs> I go there here. No, they're not. They were thrown away. <laughs> so we. So they they perform this hysterosalpingiogram, which is this dye shoots up through inside of you, and they watch it go in through the tubes, and they're watching it on the monitor. So the doctor and John are standing watching the monitor as I'm on the table, and we're all trying to figure out what went wrong if anything went wrong and we'll watch one and it stops and then we're watching the other and it keeps on going, it keeps on going and then it stops. And that's when Dr. Walansky and John had this conversation. Go ahead, you're gonna tell them. The, we had the, the conversation about who's paying for Yeah. Well, we had that conversation while we're watching the die go through. And so I asked them, I go, so what exactly are we watching? And he explained the procedure and the die should stop because you know we've taken pieces, pieces out mm -hmm. and so we're, and he goes so basically we're seeing if i'm paying for his college or you're paying for <laughs> and so when the second one kept going i was like i'm thinking harvard <laughs> and, and then it stopped so he he looked at me and said is he still going to Harvard? <laughs> so what 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 happened was is I was officially the tubal was correct. John and I, the morning of of the tubal, had unprotected sex because we thought everything was cool. And lo and behold, the egg and the sperm met past the point of cauterization, but didn't go into the uterus right away because it would have been scraped out, right? So um so it kind of hid itself and then implanted itself all by itself. And it was totally of God because there's no other way that this could have possibly happened. Uh, um, and um, this is Jesus walking on water kind of stuff. This is yes. this really, truly is. Right? And, and so just I would say he's pretty close. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so gregory is a is a miracle uh, all children are miracles first of all let's start with that all my children are miracle children i absolutely know that each one was meant to be here gregory was especially shown to me that he that all children are meant to be here because of this ex experience that we have gone through that gregory's now 34 years old um, I had a hard time ever telling him about it because it it hurt me for him to think that we didn't want him. 
it hurt me really badly to, so I didn't ever really tell him the story until he was almost an adult. They, they never really heard the story, I don't think. Sam, do you remember? No. Yeah, exactly. We were, older. We were in like you high school. Okay, and, and, and I had to be very careful how I told the story because each child is different and you want them all to be wanted, you know? And, um, and, and Gregory was really truly the most unwanted child of that we had because of all the, the, the things that we went through to not have another. And yet God wanted him here. And there was a, there was a purpose for each child here. And so um, I have um, the Margaret Sanger thing really meant a lot to me because of the fact that I could have probably had many more children and I and I would looking upon it now would have really um, if I had known God when back then, I think I would have really enjoyed having more children. And I, I I'm sad about the fact that I didn't have more children, to be honest with you. So. I always thought I'd have twins. My grandmother had twins. My father was a triplet. They say that all generation, every other generation you get to have, you know, that there, there could be multiple in, in your generation. And, and I never did. And, and I'm thinking maybe I, I, I definitely didn't because I took care of it. So it's a hurtful, it's hard, it's hard for me to tell. It's a good story. It's a fun story to tell because it's unusual. But it truly has so much more impact than you can imagine. Um, not trusting that you can raise children without money. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. That God will that God will supply. God, oh, God, God well, will me, provide. Let me ask you this, Stacey and John. I mean, you guys were living in government housing. The yes. last thing that you could have afforded then was another child. And so you were trying to curb that because you were trying to do the responsible thing. But did God make a way or did you guys end up on the street digging out of trash cans? Never. Yeah, no, he always no, made a always way. Always made a way. Always made a way. We, um, um, we had a, um, we all, uh, Gregory was 18 months old. We were still in a two-bedroom apartment. <laughs> so we had six of us in a two-bedroom apartment. And and um, we got the... Uh, God, I feel... Jesus entered my bedroom somewhere um, in around... Gregory was about 14 months old. And um, I, I don't... I've never... I went to church. He was younger. No, he was, we've only took us four months to pack, didn't it? Gregory was, yeah, four, yeah I think, sure yeah, I think it was only, I think it was spring and we said, or, or late winter. We moved, right, because we moved in the summer. I was 18 months when we moved, so. Yeah. So there you go. So we yeah. were totally, um, all of a sudden, now we were not uh, churchgoers. We, um, we both went to church as children, got the gold stars, you know, in our Sunday schools and all that stuff, but we did not know Jesus. Um, neither one of us. We were not practicing. We were do, we weren't even going to any kind of church. We weren't raising the children in church or any of that. And, um, and Samantha, we were. Samantha we were, kept wondering why we weren't going to church, and and there she was at, you know, fourteen months old, coming home and going. Well, coming why, home. She she was always we, home. She was fourteen. Well, months coming old. home from from playing outside and going. Why aren't we going to church? Why don't we go to church? And um, she was eighteen. <laughs> 
where are you getting this? We're in low-income housing. Nobody here is going to church. Sundays are meant for sleeping. <laughs> you know? This is my only day off, honey. I got I got to rest. So yeah, so we um all of a sudden I woke up, uh, something opened my eyes. I opened my eyes and in my very small apartment, the door was open and there was a figure in the doorway and and it was Jesus. I knew it was Jesus. And and I didn't want to blink. I, and then I kind of wiggle up a little bit in my seat. And I just still didn't want to blink. And I'm still watching. And I'm still watching. And he was still just standing there with the most peaceful. It was peace. There was the most peaceful thing. I can't even explain it. Um, and then and then he was gone. Wow. And, that's, and that was it. And, and then less than um, a week later, both John and I decided... Um, that we were going to pack all the children and ourselves and move to Florida from Massachusetts out of the clear blue. And um, that my aunt, who took care of me for a year, um, was living in Florida. So we moved somewhere close, you know, within 45 minutes of her. She started going to church in, a, um, in this um, uh, Calvary Chapel, Fort Lauderdale. And uh, my cousin calls me up. And she says, hey, Stace, will you come um, to church with me on Sunday? Mom's been going to this church, um, and I think it's a cult. So will you come and check it out with me? So, because she's volunteering in the kids' she classrooms. Goes Wednesday night, she, she goes, goes Wednesday nights. She goes Wednesday nights. She's doing all this stuff. So I said, sure, we'll go to church, and then we'll have lunch, and we'll have fun. And within five or six visits, both John and I gave our life to Jesus at that point in time. And that's when all, everything has changed. But God sent us to Fort Lauderdale and then my aunt got cancer and she died and she was the sweetest thing. And she really saved me as a teenager, as a, you know, as a, she was like my second mom to me, I would say. Um, and um, so we were there for her in a really impactful time and her family, my cousins and stuff. And after she passed, um, Jessica, our oldest, was going into school, into the Fort Lauderdale area school. And it was, um, there was 3,000 kids that went to that school that was crazy. And, and a thousand of them were freshman students and half of them didn't speak English. So we knew we had to get out of there um, because she wasn't, she didn't even have books. They couldn't have enough books to give them. And this was a ninth grade class. She's in ninth grade at that point in time. And so John was working in, um, in production home building. My cousin, my brother lived in Arizona and that's when, um, we decided we would move to Arizona. And that's when we really were sent to the desert and, and really honed, um, our belief in the Lord and our, um, uh, to walk, how to walk with the Lord. We gave up smoking pot. We gave up drinking. We gave up, uh, we gave up partying of all kinds. Sorry, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> we no, gave up no, everything. No, it's part of your story. <laughs> the people need to hear it because this it applies to probably, you know, at least a quarter of the people were, they're watching. Get safe, and then Jesus helps you stop doing all that exactly. stuff. You don't have to stop first. Yeah, the very first thing that I prayed for was to stop swearing. Okay, that was because I had I had a um I had Sailor's mouth. I had a really good yeah. yeah mm -hmm. 
And so that, and God, and God took really good care of that. But that was the first thing I prayed for after I got saved. And they say, you know, turn over your sins and your problems and, and God will help you through it. And I'm like, what do I want God to help me with? Well, gosh, I'd like to stop swearing. So let's, let's work on that first. <laughs> you know, I absolutely love that, you know, we can, you know, joke and talk about these things, you know, because John and Stacy and Sam and, and Jason, even they all have these these incredible testimonies of, of lives of kind of partying and, and drinking and, and going their own way. And then God pulled them out and God pulled them into the ministry, um, serving other people. Um, when Stacy, um, sent us that message, uh, I almost wanted to play it because when you first tell the story, it's like raw and real. And when mm-hmm. Stacy first told us that testimony, she, it was in a, like, video chat. in a video chat. She was just losing it. She was crying and, and, um, it was a very emotional, very vulnerable time. Uh, you yeah. want to talk about the grief that you kind of felt when you, um, after watching our Margaret Sanger video? Yeah. Yeah. It really, I, I had to really stop and, um, and evaluate things on, on that level. And even though in, like you hear us tell the story, it's an interesting story, but then you really have to talk about why and how that hurt so much how you could possibly not want a child that much to actually think about completely stopping not having children and then not wanting finding out you're pregnant and 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 not and not be happy about the pregnancy to be actually more to mourn the pregnancy yeah and that i cried through the whole pregnancy, through the rest of it. It, it wow. was not a joyous experience for me. And so I, I did not flip my switch and say, oh, here we are, isn't this funny? No, no, it was not. And my hardest part about Gregory is the fact that he he could not, I could have done something because abortion, it was all right there. I could have done it. And I thank God for my grandmother who had a sane mind who said, you know, you're not thinking rationally. Um, and, and, and God gave you this gift and, and you have, you will be a great mother to this child. And she walked me through it in my, in my sorrow. And in my, I, I had made a decision and the decision I thought was solid and right. And, and yet God had a better plan. It was, I thank God for God because of the fact that Gregory would not be here otherwise, because I probably would have done that. And I'm so thankful, so thankful because Greg is a, an honorable, wonderful man of, 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 um, he's a, he was a Marine. He served his country. He is the, 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 the glue that holds us all together. He's the spinning image of his father inside and out when it comes to his heart and how his his work ethic and our life would not be what it is today if we didn't have Gregory and how God has such a better plan for us. If only we all could know that so much sooner. Um, I I truly. Trusting in the Lord is, is, uh, it's huge. It uh, is. It hurt so much for me to tell you guys about the story, but I had to tell you because you guys were really, really hitting the high places, okay, and really going after stuff. And it, and I did not expect it to impact me like that. 
until you guys actually did that episode. And I was like, I, I, I am a victim of that. I you am are. a victim. You're a victim of that. And Greg was almost a victim of that. And the yes. uh, other kids that uh, God probably would have had for you. And and one of the things about that episode and about talking and Jason, I think we'll pull you in next because um, you kind of have like the same realization of, wait, there could have been more Heidingers. And, um, you know, when I pulled this video together, the the desire wasn't to make everybody feel really bad for all the kids that they didn't bring into this world. It was to show why. And to why put, you made the decisions that you made. Yeah, exactly. To show why, number one, we were all kicked off of farms. And the banking industry stole everybody's farms where, you know, prior to, and we, in our Margaret Sanger video, I, I want you guys to go, go watch that because there was a whole host of people, the eugenics uh, the population controllers who took um, the the beauty of family and having kids that were not was natural, and Margaret Sanger was the first one to per push the birth control. Abortion wasn't even on the table. Okay, Margaret Sanger and a lot of these feminists wanted to push birth control, and then we had these eugenics, these men who wanted a master race. Nazism started in the United States. The idea of the, the Nazi eugenics program, I should say, started in the United States. The Nazi eugenics program was based upon these the, the a well-known science. It was science. Trust the science in the early 1900s where it was to speed on Darwinian evolution. Let's sterilize the unfit. So John and Stacy, you were a perfect example of the unfit. You were probably alcohol drinking and you were low income. Government housing. Government, government housing. housing. They, the the yep. eugenics would look at your family and say, yes. no more, no more yes. of you. That, that's, that's, that Sam shouldn't be here. That, 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 that her kids shouldn't be here because they believed yes. that they were going to control the master race and they had a list and they had, they actually had contests in different towns for the fittest family and they would uh, uh, have a ledger on alcoholism or um, uh, any sort of disability. If you had a, if you had a disabled child, you weren't, they want, they did not want you to have any more kids. And Margaret Sanger, uh, she is well known for saying the best thing that um, a family, a family can do with, to its infant is kill it. To, it's with a large family. Mm -hmm. a, a, people with a large family can do is to kill its infant kids. And so when we recognize that up until the 1930s, that actually, especially up until about the 1950s, it was illegal to tell anybody about forms of even birth control. There were no tubal lig ligations. There, I mean, they were done in the back alley. They were done, but they were there was no condoms. There was no birth control pills. It was all outlawed because Christians and believed, and all the Christians had the Catholic teaching. All churches had the Catholic teaching for the first 2,000 years of the church. It's not a Catholic teaching. It's just a Christian. I know teaching. exactly. Said that children are a blessing, and you don't stop. You don't stop that blessing, and it was evangelicals who got a hold and took a hold. It was actually basically the eugenics that got into the church and convinced these churches to say, well, maybe 
this would be okay. Now we covered all this and yeah. for the sake of time, we covered all this in the episodes. Hopefully you watched those three episodes. If right. you didn't, then you can go back and watch the explanation for how we got here. Exactly. So I just they wanted to should. give people the, the, the basics of where, where are we going with this? Why are we talking about this? So definitely go back and watch this episode. So Jason, um, you came back with your own kind of testimony uh, and, and you came at it like from a couple different angles, from the doctor aspect of um, a lot of women uh, have trouble getting pregnant. A lot of women have miscarriages. I think I came to Jason. This was around the same time where we were like, hey, he's a doctor and I am the epitome of a little sister. Like I embody little sisterism. And so I'm looking at Jason and I'm going... Doctor, you can answer all the questions that have been burning within me. And we and had a view we had one viewer who couldn't make it through the, the episode. episode. And so I was like, okay, Jason, so what do we say to the women who are saying that's all fine for you to say that you shouldn't use birth control, but physically I am unable. I've had I, miscarriages and then I had a hysterectomy. So and J Jason put on literally all three of his hats, the Dr. Reverend Dad hat, and then gave me this beautiful <laughs> answer. And uh, so Jason, you can answer that kind of question here, but also I want to give you an opportunity because you've just been sitting there like taking in everything that we've been talking about. And if you have any thoughts that have been simmering in you, go ahead and, and give us those as well. Well, on the question you asked, the big thing that we're literally, I guess I'm going to read this. Um, the porn addiction is just a product of the evil institutional system that sexualizes life, childhood, and relationships. If we just focus on getting the addicts free, which is, that's a good thing, that's a noble cause, but as long as the system exists, we're still in a place where we'll have unlimited addicts. We can see that. There's more addiction recovery now than ever. We change the system, the addicts start to disappear. And the system for women, even guys, you're seeing men not being as masculine as they used to be. Females, if you're 35 and you get pregnant, you're a high-risk pregnancy. That doesn't go with the Lord promises 80 to 120 years of good health. So as we look at this, society and the medical paradigm, the medical system says, once you hit 25, you're out of your prime, maybe 30, depending who you talk to. But if you're 35, like we did at home births with all three of our kids. I had one of the coolest things I ever did was deliver my own kids. That was just <laughs> absolutely awesome. Um, and so if certain states, if they're 35, they're not allowed to do a home birth. It's the law that they're a high risk. They have to go to Try the hospital. Try and stop me. Uh, don't, they call them don't they call them geriatric pregnancies? Yeah. I will have an illegal birth. Geriatric pregnancy. I will do it. <laughs> at, at 35 is geriatric? Oh That's my what God. they call it. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry, Jason. Yeah. Keep going. So throughout society, we're off the farms. We're living a sedimentary lifestyle. Our food is junk. It's literally genetically modified. We're actually, the system's trying to create weakened people because guess what? If you're weak, whether you're male or female, you can be controlled. And so now some of the food, um, me and Corey talked about um, nutrition two weeks ago on yes, the, so uh, the Kingdom Roundtable. But there was a study called Pottinger's Cats. And he studied four generations of cats. When they were fed a um, non-raw food diets, the cats by the fourth generation stopped reproducing. We're on the second to third generation with the humans not eating real food, where we're eating synthetic food that most of the food we eat today did not exist 50 to 75 years ago. And so not that everything translates perfectly through 
the Pottinger's cats, which was a study of cats and humans. But what do we have literally epidemic levels of fertility issues now? We have all these issues that didn't exist. Um, I mean, my mom was one of 13. Wow. Um, she, you know, my grandma had 11 living and two miscarriages. And so literally big families, what was it? I think in the one show, the average birth count was like 5.2 or whatever uh -huh. in the 60, 50s and 60s. Now it's 2.5. Most people couldn't even birth six, seven, eight children because they've actually created the whole system through the drugging, the food, culture, everything says we're not even strong enough to have that. And we were talking about even people that have the pelvic floor issues and all this type of stuff. Well, if you study, I studied the Indian cultures with birthing. They would literally be traveling. They would go have the baby and come back and join. They were so fit that they didn't have to worry about all these things that pregnant women now have to do. Because as a general thing, our society, we are weaker as humanity. And we were talking about... At least about in America. For those of you that don't know, because I know we've got some single men that are listening and people that just have never experienced birth. I have ha I've had a lot of my friends talk to me about, you know, this... After you have a baby, you become incontinent. You lose all muscles in, you know, down there where you've had your baby. And it's very difficult to come back even as a human being. And there's all these exercises. There's all these programs. There's apps. There's all of this. And I'm like, what is going on? And so that was one of the other questions that I posed to Dr. Jason, and I just wanted to add that in there. That's what you're talking about. They, they had the physical strength. They dropped the baby, boom, throwing the baby on their back, going back to picking wheat. To your point, I just for statistic purposes, the, the birth rate uh, in, uh, 19, in 1820 was 55 babies per 1,000 people, and now it's 10. What? Per 1,000 wow. people. Get wow. out. That's, wow. That is... We are and they're worried the about year. we are literally yeah. part of the nine thousand nine hundred. And they're worried about overpopulation. <laughs> Holy cheapers. So wait a minute, like that's insane because population <laughs> we're told is just growing and growing and growing, but with those kinds right? of numbers, if you take yeah. two people and they have one child, you're reducing the population. If you have two people and they have two children, you're maintaining the population, right? Um, but we're talking about no one's having any children, literally, mm -hmm. at this at those rates, what you're talking about. Yeah. That can't be real. The, I, actually, the, another one I looked at. 10 out of 1,000? It's, it's, look, it's, it's actually worse on other, on other sites. It looks like, um, it's diff, yeah. This you one, take your population boom and just, you know what. <laughs> They're lying to everyone. Okay, Jason, keep going. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the proof is in when they talk about social security being insolvent, there's there's not enough working people to support the baby boomer, boomer generation. You're seeing it in their lingo, even though their narrative is we need to control population. But when you look at their own things, they're saying they can't afford this, but they're saying it's because the overpopulation. It doesn't make sense. They're talking out both sides of the mouth when you look at that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now the so Jason, um, how did that episode affect you? Um, do you want to tell people about you've had three kids and then you guys decided, nope, we're done. Yeah. I mean, so where, you know, I had the vasectomy and it's one of those things looking back, we did it because 
we were looking at what life looked like afford. Okay, we're going to be in ministry. We're going to do all this. And, you know, I love my kids. I do not love diapers. So we were at the point where Lily was out of diapers. I'm like, I could never imagine going back to diapers. So it was it was one of those things that was made out of convenience. And uh, so it was one of those things after that episode, I told my wife, I was like, you know, could you imagine if we wouldn't have did that? Like the, the kids we would have had. And she struggled a lot because she also had a lot of the things that we're talking about that are, they're so common in America, but they're not normal because she was raised in a household where, um, you know, drugs were, drugs were, the, I'm trying to, medication was the way to go. There wasn't eating healthy. There was just, it was the way that we were raised in the eighties and nineties. You go to the doctor, you trust everything they say. There was no inner, there was no nothing to question it. The eighties and nineties were kind of like, you just followed everything that was told to you. Yes. And you, yep. you ate, you listened to the commercials that, you know, these frosted weedy things with sugar on them are good for you. And it's going to help your heart. Like you did all this type yeah. of stuff. And so she was raised in that. And so when we're trying to, even ourselves, the even the knowledge I have through chiropractic natural, we're still fighting what the system had done to her. And even still fighting the day through what we do and believe in God now. And we're making progress, but it's something the society has tried to weaken us to the point where, you know, by the grace of God, it won't take generations That's good. to restore. Yes. But if you look at just naturally, it's going to take generations to, but by the grace of God, what's been done can be restored. And so even on us, like I had a conversation with my wife, like, even though we did the act of the vasectomy and that whole thing and we still can believe for life. So there's that place of repenting. God, I'm sorry that I didn't trust you enough to do. And it's funny. One of our friends, actually the friends that got us to go to Rama, they were like, you did what? And we're like, how, like, why would you be offended that we did that? You know? And now I'm looking back going, I know why you were offended that we did that. And so mm-hmm. we re- I, for me, I had to repent that that was done. And as we just moved on, it's like, how do we just, we still believe for life. You know, there's a part that I'm like, you know, Lord, if there's a miracle kid that comes through, kind of like Gregory, I will receive that as a blessing and a sign that we're to, to continue. And it's in God's hands on that, but just in believing for life and everything. God is a creator of life. And this is bringing the full circle kingdom message. Everything that we do, if we say, okay, Lord, how would you receive that? If I'm cutting off my seed, that is not a godly choice. Because God, he creates life. Everything. So I have to now look at, okay, as I make this decision, what am I doing? Am I bringing life to the situation or cutting life off? And so that was a repentance. And as we are moving forward, even me and my wife, it's like, okay, well, as we move forward together, everything we want to do, we're believing that the life of God is bringing forth. There's reproduction in everything we do. Even though by natural standards, there shouldn't be no more hiding your kids. But with God, all things are possible. And if He His will is on that, we will see another Heidinger or we'll have spiritual kids where we we've had in the last year we've had two families live with us. Um so for one sixth of the last year we've had two different families living with us. We had one kid living with us for a year. If it's just helping people in that way, that's still bringing life to the situation, even though we made a natural decision in our ignorance. We're still going to have fruit. 
That's so good. I really think um, before we go on to Sam here, um, maybe Jason, you can touch on the kingdom uh, aspect of this because um, birth has been dangerous since the beginning of time. It's actually part of the curse. And so when we look at what happened under the curse, um, Eve was, God, God cursed Eve. He said, you will now have pain in childbirth as a result of the curse. But under the kingdom and having been redeemed by Jesus, Jesus reverses the curse. And we look at the, the blessings, you know, people have starved. People have had their whole crops eaten by locusts. Um, there were many times you look in the Bible where, um, uh, we think that these crazy um, idol worshipers that were sacrificing their children to Baal, they would actually take their firstborn child and they would sacrifice that child to Baal. Why did they do that? So that they could be financially prosperous. They didn't have an a, a, you know easy access to a birth control pill. So having the baby and aborting the baby through or basically murdering. murdering the baby with fire was a way to and and why afterwards if you wait a few years before you have a kid some a lot of people do that and to get more financially stable so that's what they did that was the that was the, the that was the way that the world worked but if we're christians and if we're under the 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 new covenant and we're under the covenant even of abraham god said if you trust me and you don't do what they, those people do to get uh, food and wealth and, pr- and pre- preservation. If you trust me, he says, I will bless you in your womb. I will bless you. I will bless you. You know, there's a lot of scriptures about bringing forth to, to birth. And then in the New Testament, Paul says something very interesting, uh, talking about, um, it was actually kind of about women preaching, should they preach? And that's another story. But it was kind of talking to the Ephesians, and they had a cult to Artemis. And that cult to Artemis, Artemis was the goddess of fertility. And women would go and they would sacrifice, and they would worship to Artemis to save them in childbirth, because childbirth is a dangerous thing. And so Paul says this, if she continues in the faith, she will what? She'll be saved in childbirth. And so when we're talking kingdom, we're talking about uh, David saying children are a blessing. Children are a blessing. Well, they can be a curse if you're under the curse. If you're outside of God, if you're outside of his realm, if you're outside of the kingdom, a lot of things can be a curse. But on the kingdom, this is the kingdom message. Do you want to talk about it? Well, I mean, that's exactly what is a curse. It's a lack of blessing. And so the when they fell exactly what you brought up it was pronounced that she would now have pain in childbirth but we're not under the curse anymore we're a new creature we are in the eternal kingdom age as Corey says and it was funny one of our good friends um from bible school one of the professors she she was like i had a birth without pain she's actually studying to be a midwife now up in montana she's like i had birth without pain he's like you can't you can't it says you're under the curse she's like but i'm not under the curse and so this is an ongoing discussion, and basically, um, Rama teaches some sort of end-time eschatological viewpoint, um, mid-trib, different things. And so she was coming at it, no, I'm not under the curse. I am a new creature. So if you say the curse is what is applied, that tells me that you don't believe Jesus' work was the fulfillment. And so she literally had, after class, a whole, like, I'm going to say, it, you know, it was a good discussion. And the thing is, we're not under the curse. And we're just like the land. It says that now you will toil in the land. You know, before the fall, and this was something when we did the, and we read through um, Genesis on one of the shows here, 
they had to work the land before the fall. Mm-hmm. It said that you will work and tend the land. Yeah. So right. they, he was sweating in the garden. He wasn't just sitting there and like, I'm in the presence of God. Thank you. And doing that. No, like, he oh, worked the land. Fruit just comes right. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. He worked the land. Joyful. What happened when he fell? The toil came. Yes. The toil is now when you have work without fruit. Oh. Yeah. And so we're, so we're not in a place of toil. Notes. <laughs> we're not in a place of toil anymore. It, like I brought up my, the gar- little garden that we did. Like it's still the same two tomato plants produced all summer. Like we're like, oh, it's done. And next thing you know, there's new blooms. And, like we got two cantaloupe off our one little plant. And like I'm trimming it, still pruning it, thinking this thing's done. Now we have another cantaloupe. The watermelon didn't produce all summer. And now we have a watermelon for the first time. And the, the cucumbers, two plants have produced I probably 20 to 25 cucumbers. And like, and it's been all summer. It's like, what? we'll have three now. Two weeks later, there's, I'm like, there's not been toil. There's been just this, our little garden, 12 little plants, you know, and it's been a fun <laughs> little thing. We didn't plant enough green beans because green beans, you just need a boatload. But that's what we're up to toil. What's that? What'd you say, John? You know, we're, yeah. No, we were talking about the cucumbers. We're the, the same thing. But keep going. Keep going. <laughs> yeah. They have a table full right in front of them. Are you guys <laughs> fermenting your cucumbers? <laughs> have you fermented any? We have. I've pickled them. I've juiced them. I I mean, I've given, I, I, I think I've had 400 <laughs> or 500 pounds of, of cucumbers this year. We have, if I showed it to you right now, I, on my table right now, it's got to be 55 cucumbers on my table that I have to deal with tomorrow. <laughs> I picked today. I yes, picked pick today. I picked them today. I no. go to work and there's, you know, there's a basket of 50 but, cucumbers and, and on it. I was just doing what Jason I come did. home and there's still a basket of 50 cucumbers. She goes, no, those are new. <laughs> I'm like, what? And that's the way God has to feel thing. about kids. Like that is how God. Yeah. I got yes. another one. I got another one. I got another one. Yeah. And they're exciting and they're yeah. and it's happy. and if you get so many kids, you can give them away. <laughs> Can them for me. I, I can give a couple away. <laughs> okay, I want to read a couple of comments here because these are some good ones. So Sherry says. Actually, the generations of the last 30 years are not having children. There are many couples in our community who do not have children and many that do not want children. So, yes, I believe that statistic over on Facebook. um, There were some good comments as well. Um, Let's see. Wow. My husband was born into a Catholic home for unwed mothers in 1969. That's from our friend Lorraine. Lorraine, are you coming to Bards Fest? We met her at the first Bards Fest. Um, Seriously, adoption equals added option like Moses. I love that. Um, Brian Mm -hmm. says a combat vit here. Hoorah, mega. Debbie says, I have been on disability for 23 years. I got a letter saying that they were going to stop it next month, speaking to, you know, Social Security's insolvent and things like that. So they're getting rid of that. She says, absolutely. I was 33. My first child, I would do it all over again. Uh, Samuel says, change the man by renewing his mind with Christ. And he will start seeing women through the king's eyes as daughters of the king. Porn holds no luster to that believing man. Makes me think about who was behind the uh, Georgia Guidestones talking about limiting Earth's population to 500 million. Someone blew those stones up last year. 
He says, thank right. God I bucked that system. I started reading the scriptures and tossing, or excuse me, reading scripts on, I guess, prescriptions and tossing them in the trash. Now it's me and God. Lorraine says, I get this. Being feared into a hysterectomy at 32, being told, quote, be grateful for, uh, be grateful you have three children already. You want to be there for them. If I knew them, I, if I knew then what I knew, know now, still believing for miracles, I'll take all the kids. Um, and, and, and to that, to that, um, guys, I, I know this sounds crazy, and I and I and Stacy laughed at me when I told her this. Oh, by the way, Lorraine, if you can come to Bard's <laughs> Fest, y'all like Lorraine is uh, like prayer warrior prayer, mama. You would. She says definitely you coming. You have to no idea what it's like to be prayed for by Lorraine. Yeah, Lorraine is amazing. Uh, guys, I on this episode, I'm gonna have to because they're bearing their 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 hearts here. I'm 39. Y'all know I've said it on the show. I always feel stupid after I say it, but I, I have to say it. I still want to have children like, right. And so I, I have believed for the past 25 years since God downloaded in us that no matter how old I am, no matter how many children I have had, if I am married, or even in my case, if I'm not, I'm going to be believing for children for until I die. Why? Because what it does is it opens up a gateway between heaven for I believe for life to come through my life. Okay. And so if we stop that up, then we stop the blessings of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So whether it's John and Stacy or Sam um, or, or Jason, if you've stopped up this ability to have children or you're past your prime or whatever it is, you must always be believing God for children because you are believing God for fruit in your life. You can now believe and open up the doorway for uh, Deuteronomy 8 and 28. These blessings will be blessed in the field because what happens is, and I will say this, I'm going to drop this truth bomb. So many people want the blessings of Deuteronomy 8 and 28, and you're sitting there beating your head against a wall going, I've prayed, I've tried, I don't know what it is. I don't know why I'm not getting these blessings, but you have closed up your heart to children, which is blocking it all. You're not getting your land. You're not getting your farm. You're not getting your your uh, the animals. Well, you're actually, not your crops. I think, first of all, uh, I think the past, I don't know, only two or three years have people been ready to open themselves up to the farm. And so exactly. So now you guys are all on board with your farm and you're wondering why don't I have the farm yet? Exactly. Because it's a whole package. You have to understand mm -hmm. your blessing. And um, but when I bring in Sam here uh, as time is, is winding down, but opening, putting, having children into God's hands, hands. whether you have Abraham and Sarah who wanted a million kids and, got and they them. had, and they did by faith, but they, Sarah physically had one. Why? Because God wanted to show himself great in their old age. The idea is that life and death are in the hands of God. And if you are married, I'm not telling you to go out and just randomly get married and ha start having kids. The idea is that if you are married, then that marriage, God wants it to be fruitful. And have it's like having a farm and not planting fruit. So let's bring Sam in here. Sam, um, I don't know where you want to start your testimony because you have a similar testimony where you got pregnant and you... I'm my mother's child. <laughs> yeah. So you have a very similar testimony. You want to, you want to start there? Yeah. So um, like my mom, I also have four children. And like my mom, I only wanted three children. <laughs> I had, um, as I said, I had postpartum really, really badly my first time. Um it was a high-risk pregnancy, a blood clotting disorder. So that was very scary. That took 
a lot out of me. Um, I did not anticipate, I'm a worst case, worst case scenario kind of person. And so when presented with odds, I will go the dark side. And I went full dark side with that pregnancy and did not expect to be raising my child. I thought for sure that um, my husband at the time would be raising the child by himself and I would have passed in childbirth. And so I wake up a mom and I'm alive and he's alive and oh my goodness, this is not what I anticipated. This is hard and I'm tired. And and all the hormones. And so it was a journey, that one. And then two years later, we planned Connor and we got blessed with Connor immediately. Um, God's blessings are always children. (laughs) And... um, had a postpartum, a touch, not so bad. He was my least um, bad case of postpartum. But I did go on, uh, my doctors and my husband at the time put me on antidepressants. And so I was numb for a while. And then finally got off that, um, met my got divorced and single parented for a while and then uh, met my husband and like my mom (laughs) we wanted just one together because we love each other so much we have this amazing love story and this amazing connection and we would just like look at each other and be like don't you just want to see what it looks like like what our love looks like in a person (laughs) like this person is going to be insane it's going to be amazing and so we just had to have John. And so we have John, my little John John, named after my dad. And um, <laughs> he is amazing. And we still look at him. We, he sleeps in between us and we just stare at him. <laughs> and um, I, we intended on Mark having a vasectomy. Mark is a procrastinator. <laughs> and... <laughs> And we love each other very, very much. And so Mason came along very quickly. I was three months postpartum with postpartum depression when I found out I was pregnant with Mason. Were you nursing at the time? I was nursing. You're not supposed to get pregnant. And I have blood clotting disorder, so I'm not supposed to get pregnant. (laughs) it's supposed to be hard and it's not for me <laughs> <laughs> like my mom <laughs> and so um i was not happy to be pregnant at all i was <laughs> we um found out and i was crying sitting there just sobbing when my husband walked in and i'm sobbing over this part and he was like no way no way like how and he immediately is like excited because he's a sicko <laughs> and i was just like my mom could kill me own heart that's why <laughs> he was excited that makes me because happy. men should oh, be yeah, excited he said, mark's like i was put it's on like, this earth to be a dad <laughs> and he already oh, has three children he's he a that- great dad he is a great dad and, that's, and so, uh, that is the reaction that most people should have. Like Tom Hanks in Castaway. I have made fire. Like, I have made fire. I have Mark made says baby. He, uh, he trapped me. He baby trapped me. So. <laughs> Twice. 
<laughs> but you got you had said if you believed in abortion that Mason would. I would have had one. hundred. I thought about it, and, and that was actually a really big. Um, I, the first time I think I wrestled with my faith that much, and it, it it was a quick like ten minutes that I struggled, but it was at what. I, as soon as I saw that test, I was like, I have to have an abortion. I have to go against everything I believe in. I have to do this. I, this is not happening. This is not happening. And it was a quick 10 minutes where I went through all the stages of the grieving process and came to like, I, if I'm depressed now, like I can't live with myself if I have an abortion and suicide, something I've struggled with um thoughts of suicide throughout postpartum so for years and um so that was an option for me um but i <laughs> i know that my husband would not be able to survive that and care for our children if that were to happen so that also went immediately out the window so you and just I felt was just, trapped I, I felt trapped absolutely trapped is the word I was a hundred percent just like I guess I have to do this like they say my body my choice like I was like my body's not mine now like wow. again like it was and I was in I like my mom said I was not happy camper during that pregnancy COVID happened during that pregnancy so immediately, I think I was like four months pregnant when I got COVID. I almost died mm -hmm. with COVID. So Super pregnant. <laughs> it was awful. I was still going through morning sickness. I was pregnant enough that I had like the discomfort with your breathing. You know, your baby's like taking over your lungs. And so that just added to the complications with COVID. And it was really early with COVID where they were just finding out that like COVID was in the United States. So the like, doctors didn't know what it was. Um, wasn't the flu, it wasn't this, it wasn't that, antibiotics aren't working. And it was like a really bad, like three, four weeks. That just made me even more miserable. I probably manifested that <laughs> with all my negativity. But um, so COVID happened, we're in lockdown. I'm pregnant. I was so scared of getting COVID again um, that I went up where my parents live now is a farm that our family has had in the family since my great grandmother and my great grandfather purchased it. And it was just a cabin in the woods, like a dinky little cabin in the woods and 88 acres. And so I was like, I'm going there in the middle of nowhere. I'm taking my kids so they can play outside and they don't have to wear masks. And we lived by ourselves, like homesteaded, like on this acreage. I wouldn't go to the grocery store. And Mark couldn't come with me because he was still an essential worker working full time. So he would come and stay with us on the weekends. And I was just up there with the three kids and pregnant by myself. That was crazy for like seven, eight weeks before we figured out that COVID wasn't what we thought it was. And then we went home, <laughs> but and around, I'd say that time at the cabin was so healing for me and reconciling with the pregnancy. Um, by the time we came home, I was, I was looking forward to 
on Mason. Wow. You know what, Sam, do you think possibly it was your environment? I do. I, I remember, um, you know, the first couple weeks were really hard and I have, uh, um, I'm sober almost seven years and my aunt used to keep a big, big box of really expensive wine in the back of the laundry room in the cabin and knowing that it was there and I was trapped in this house with this big box of wine and four really stressful children homeschooling and all of that and um, not wanting to be pregnant so not necessarily like do I care if I just drink while I'm pregnant um, so that was all very tempting and very challenging at the time but I remember the times I would the, we didn't have a dryer, but we had a washing machine up there. And um, it started to spring, the snow started to melt and spring started to happen while we were there. And um, so I broke out the clothesline. And I remember that I would draw out the moments, the minutes of hanging the clothes on the clothesline as long as I possibly could. And I would, I just felt like this is the best. Wow. Like the kids are playing in the background, like the clothes. I don't know. There's something about clothes on a clothesline that are like, oh, yeah, it's so yeah. good. And therapeutic. Sound they make, flapping in the breeze. Like it's just like, this is the life. <laughs> and it really, that's when mom's on the phone with me. She's in Texas and she's trapped in Texas. And they're like, we're going to make a break for it and, and come up there. Just wait for us. And we're coming to the cabin. This is it. We're doing a family takeover at the cabin because it wasn't ours. It was um, like a family cabin at the time, like aunts and uncles and everybody owned a piece of it. And so we used to like do like timeshares. Like I had to like really convince everybody to let me stay up there for that long. And so my mom's like, this is the time we're going to seize the cabin while we're up there. So she's and we like, did. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I think that that's a really great testimony, Sam, um, because that's where this all gets back to when we're talking about, uh, you guys know that we're, we've been talking about the rapture theory, uh, taking it back to manifesting the kingdom of God. And so many of the problems that we're experiencing are because in the past 100 years, we're, the, the devil has tricked us into saying, hey, you want to move to the city. Hey, you want to have electricity. Hey, you want to have these appliances. You know, you got the Kirby guy knocking on the door, convincing the wife you need a $2,000 vacuum, right? And the, and the husband comes home and she's like, hey, I need this $2,000 vacuum. It really, it sucks really great. Watch. And he's like, um, that's half a car. Okay. And so then we're in debt and we've got property taxes and life is really hard. And Jason, to your point, you were talking about that is very stressful on our body. So when we're eating like, you know, John and Stacy, they have a very large garden, but they don't have a farm. Like it's not like acres and acres of food, but they're growing a ton of food. Okay. And if you've got all this food and you've got all these kids, I'm telling you, if you had just enough, you know, if they're, they're building a house and they're doing their thing. Um, if you have enough bedrooms, where you guys are at, John and Stacy, it's it's nothing to have another mouth to feed and a, another nothing, kid just running nothing, around. No, it's eighty eight no, acres. Nothing. Where you know, I got plenty of yeah. room. You you can have your you have an acre, you have an acre, you have an acre. You know, yeah. you have it and you have enough food. You have too much food. And you don't you're not yeah. even you're not even farming like on a massive scale, right? right. And right. and Sam, you're talking about I'm outside and I'm feeling and I tell you guys when I go out to the garden, 
I literally, I decompress and I literally, that's what I call my happy place. I'll make my videos for you guys because it's in a, I'm in a zone in a mode and I'm just like, boom, this right here is what life is supposed to, I feel the best. Like, I think it's like what people feel when they get high. You can't feel any better. So let's put this in perspective. You're a woman, let's say you have a part-time job or a full-time job and you go to work eight hours a day. You come home, maybe you've got kids, you've got to make dinner, Every you've got electronics everywhere. You're not farming. And Lee and Michelle farming. are here saying, you want more kids and you're like... <laughs> No. Well, what I mean is, and then you get pregnant and then you have a hard pregnancy and you think pregnancy is just hard. Your, your life is hard. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Your life is not what it is intended to be. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And so we're, that's why we're doing the show. That's what kingdom is about. And so yes. I, I don't want to keep you guys too much longer, but I did promise people that we're going to pray. So I'd like to go around for Jason, John and Stacy and Sam, uh, for you guys to, to take a few moments and, and any of your, um, any thoughts from tonight, any thoughts from the shows, I think we might have to have you guys back on to talk about Kinsey because we didn't even get into sexual perversion. We're literally doing an episode here on, uh, the Margaret Sanger basically, cause it's yeah. a lot to take in a lot to talk about. So why don't we go yeah. around, Jason, do you have some, some final thoughts here? Um, I guess I'm going to just summarize a lot of all three of the shows because the last three weeks they've been heavy they've been yes. intense they've been uh soul searching you know it's one of those things we had a discussion on repentance um as believers we're always repenting it's just like a gps if we get slightly off we repent to get back on and you know there's i, I got set free from drinking out pornography and now you know there's times i repent because i used the wrong wrong tone and correcting my kids or <laughs> right. just how it is. I mean, yeah. it's just the degree of repentance is still always there as a believer. And once we realize and allow ourselves to become aware of the sexualization, all three of these shows showed me how sexually sexualized our society has been, male and female. And once you start to see it and recognizing and you become aware of it, you start to realize, yes, I got set free from pornography. But there are still things through the last three weeks I've been like, Lord, I repent that I was still sexualizing the opposite sex, sexualizing my wife in these ways because it's the system we live in. Yes, I threw, got done with the pornography, but we're still sexualizing. In a society that wasn't sexualized, we wouldn't have Victoria's Secret commercials or all these types of stuff going yeah. on. We wouldn't need it. We wouldn't be having to market the undergarments to the whole world and having our wow. kids see it. So once you become aware of it, we now have to get back to renewing our mind to the system, the kingdom system. Yeah. That isn't sexualized. That literally I can see a female and not think, or even teach my kids. Like, you know, most, even in out here where we're at, kids don't talk to the opposite sex because you automatically think about you're dating. Or if you have a close friend that's a girl, people are like, what, you guys dating? No, we can look at the opposite sex as a brother or sister in Christ yeah. and not have everything be sexualized. But in the world, if somebody's talking and they're close, oh, they're dating. They're, they're, they're probably in a relationship. We've sexualized everything that our kids even do. Wow. And so in these three weeks, he's really took me back and said, okay, how do we cleanse our mind of this? How do we get to the mind of Christ? How do we get the kingdom mindset? How do we protect our eyes and ears? and become modest in our dress, speech, and conduct. And so that's kind of my summary of all three weeks of what I've really seen come out of this is that's so good. sexual you perversion. Wanna, do you want to hit on that just real quick, modesty on dress, speech, and conduct? Well, it's one of those things that 
I actually had to look up modesty and modesty. It's, it's been thrown on women, dress modesty, you know, women cover yourselves up because boys are going to be boys. And that's a lie. Boys can control themselves just as well as females can. Mm. Um, but the modesty thing, I've always heard it being taught that women have to be modest in their dress. If you look up the modesty definition, it's modest in dress, speech, and conduct. Mm. So yes, I, you know, boys and girls all need to dress modestly. We also need to be modest in speech. We don't need to use vulgar language. We don't need to be sexualizing, talking about this girl's doing this, this boy's doing this, look at them. Like it's modesty in all speech, conduct, and dress. But it's been put so much on the females, at least the groups that I ran it, it was always about the we females. Mm -hmm. Even some of the youth groups that my kids went to, there was a dress code for the females. The guys could pretty much, as long as they weren't wearing a Speedo, they were good. But the females had to wear one pieces. They had to wear shorts or the, depending which youth camp, because they've been to, I think, four different church youth camps over the time. It was always put on the females. But if we teach modesty, self-control, teach the fruits of their spirit to our kids, we're not going to have the issues. I mean, there's going to be always rebellion. I should say that. There's not always going to be rebellion. But right now we're in a phase where there's still rebellion. But we need to teach our kids that be modest in our speech, dress, and conduct. And it applies to men and women, not just women. Mm, that's so good. John and Stacey? I um, just keep being uh, reminded by the Lord to trust in him in all things. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and repentance and trust, he loves us so much and he wants us to love him back and he wants us to trust him. And I remember, uh, when, when we were in Arizona, living in Arizona and the kids knew, you know, if, if they did something wrong, as, as long as they didn't lie about it, mm -hmm. you know, because I, I always said, you know, lying, you're, you're going to break a trust. We can't trust okay. what you say. And breaking trust is so hard to repair. Yeah. And so the Lord's always been showing me that I need to trust in him. Um, and so I, I, that's kind of what I, I have taken away from all this, that that we need to trust in the Lord. Uh, we need to trust that he'll feed our, our supply, that he'll, and I'm, you know, I'm self-employed in construction and he has always supplied, always, always, always. It's amazing. Stacy and I have, have said to each other numerous times when, when things get tough, she's, you know, a, a, she'll look at me, I'll be going out to estimate a job. She goes, don't chase the money. Don't chase the money. Mm -hmm. God will provide. Mm -hmm. do, do what's right. Mm -hmm. And 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 your word is your bond. Mm -hmm. And so trust. I just keep coming back to trust. Okay. I think you're coming back to trust because you want to talk about trust. Do you want to talk about trust, John? I think that, that you know, there. while we've got you here, we've got a lot of people watching. Um, John, you guys are going to speak. You and Jason are going to speak. Um, yeah. Uh, on Saturday at Bards Fest, and while your indiscretions were not large or huge, what whatever 
you went through and you and Stacy went through, you've been actually been able to help other people through. So maybe you could talk to to men about trust and breaking trust and to to men who who are thinking, hey, um, this pornography that I'm looking at, it's not it's just between me and and this screen and my wife, my girlfriend, the women in my life, it doesn't affect them. You learned pretty quickly that you had to regrain some trust. Yes. So there I was, <laughs> the advocate for trust, and, and I broke the trust of my wife. And to see how hurt she was by um, by my actions, uh, I I was looking, you know, I, I was looking at, at pictures on my phone. I had gotten an, I had gotten a new phone. I always had a flip phone, so I never had all that technology. And, you know, you get sent, you get sent a YouTube message or yes. a YouTube, uh, a, a YouTube song. And then when it's over, the next thing you know, there's a naked woman on your phone. It's like, yeah, it happens. This is, this is a satanic attack on your mind. You guys, you have to understand this is planned by Satan to destroy what John and Stacy had to destroy what Sam had to destroy what Jason and Cassie had. This is an assault and attack on marriages on your minds. My uncle Jack, I finally had to take his phone away. Cause he, he's, he's not, he's, he's a good guy. But he kept getting these messages. He got on some sort of list on Facebook and he would get a hundred friend requests, a hundred friend requests from women, uh, mostly Asian women, just not even half naked, not even a quarter naked. And it was, it, he didn't know what to do with them. And he, he's an older guy with his phone and he's, I hear him talking on the phone and, and he, he's answering messages. And these women are, you know, they're, it's a honeypot. It, it's all about money. And it's, and it's also satanic. And literally, John, you were under attack. The internet literally wants to destroy you. Mm. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. And I was under attack. Then what's really kind of bizarre about that is the fact that um, the year prior to that happening, I, you know, led a couple of my friends out of pornography. Wow. And so for me to fall into it is like, wow, I'm such a knucklehead. <laughs> no, John, you're a testimony. But, this is happening to yeah. every man in America. Okay, and men like you and Jason, you guys have to to not be afraid to tell other people, because it's it's hap it is it is an attack. There are a handful of people that are attacking, and you have to attack back. You have to tell people I was assaulted. I was a victim of this. I was a victim of the Kinseyite uh, mentality, and then now this internet literally is designed to just to destroy your soul, you know, because the Bible and specifically to destroy men. Yeah, it is. It's designed to, and, and masculine men have to stand up and be like, I, I took it down. And you did take it down. And you did. There was one testimony. I don't know if you want to tell tell people about. you. There were really good testimonies of how you did help people through pornography. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I always wear uh, Christian t-shirts, and, and especially at work. I, I've never even thought twice about whose house I'm walking into with the Christian t-shirt with the Bible quote on it or anything. It never, never occurs to me that they might be offended and nobody ever has been, <laughs> which is awesome. Um, so anyway, uh, I'm working with this 
yeah. with this young man and we'd been working together a, quite a while you know quite a few jobs and so he 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 knows how I am and I'm you know constantly praise the Lord for this praise the Lord for that and so one day he just opens up to me and says um, so they're passing their phone around and it comes to me and I'm like I uh, this is this is not this is not something that's going to uh, edify you at all it's not going to bring anything positive to your life first of all these women are making money so if you mm -hmm. think they're doing this to turn you on they're getting something out of it and all it's going to do for you is is give you some kind of false ideology false thought about what women are and you're going to you you end up disrespecting the woman you're with and so a couple of days go by whatever and he comes to me and his girlfriend left him and of course i i kind of show everything with my face i probably gave him that well not surprising you're you've been looking at other women what the heck and so he he started to ask me a lot of questions about it and and the the you know his girlfriend at the time seemed like she liked it when he really found out she was totally turned off by it and the fact that he kept getting more and more into it you know scared her basically because it only gets worse and worse it's yeah. not like it's the same it gets that then it's not enough and then you got to go look at something that's more Darn. worse and right. then, and then you know and so it does it accelerates fast very quickly it accelerates you know, fast. it's not enough let's let's look in and anyways go ahead and so yeah so he um he's He's years later, years later, had come back to me and he uh, thanked me. He actually, I, I had lost contact with him and all of a sudden he, he um, showed up on my phone and he said, hey, John, I just want to thank you. I, I just got married two weeks ago and it's because I stopped pornography. Wow. And I, I, I know for a fact that that's, mm -hmm. that kept me from years, years of, of, of being with somebody that I really cared for. And I had, you know, he, he had separated himself with pornography. Mm -hmm. And so he was just thanking me that, that um, he could see, he could see a way out of it. That's it was incredible. um so you know what you know what job sites are like and it's a bunch oh, of yeah, men yeah, on yeah. job sites they smoke and, and, and so, on pot beer and 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 it's beer. like a fish story they're bigger and bigger you yeah. know what i mean mm -hmm. so i mean so it, they, they they just have to debase each other actually worse and worse it's yeah, a, you really know and um it's a it's a camaraderie it's a it's a camaraderie kind of thing that they yeah. do and it and and it's very difficult to not be in it and still be around it and hear it like john does and so john john doesn't first of all allow the speak on on the job sites and um and and to 
you know, to each his own in their own home, but but not here at the job site kind of thing. And so we, um, there was always that kind of kibosh uh, there. And but so, he still has the funnest job site. Yes. Well, that's it. We, we, you know, we would have camaraderie with the Lord. There was a, a, another guy I worked with, and we were we were we were putting a drop ceiling in the basement and I think I had just, I had just read the story of the blind man that Jesus heals. Mm -hmm. And so I shared the story with this guy because I, I, I don't know. The Lord just had me, the Lord just had me share it with him. And so I was always fascinated by, you know, the, the Sanhedrin and the and the leaders kept asking this guy, "How did how did this happen? How did you get healed? How did you get your sight back?" I don't know. I was I was blind and now I see. And he they kept making him say it over and over again. I don't know. He 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 picked something off the ground, I think, and and I heard him spit into it, and then he put it on my eyes and he told me to go down and and wash it off, and and now I see. And so the third or fourth time, he finally goes, you're right. It was my Lord and Savior. It was the Messiah. He gave me my sight back. <laughs> so I told him this story, and he was like, oh, that's really cool. And so I always say, praise the Lord. And, and so he starts writing on all the plumbing pipes, PTL, praise oh, the Lord. Oh, that's awesome. He's writing on all PTL, PTL. Well, we didn't get that drop ceiling up because we had, you know, do blocking and all kinds of stuff. And the homeowner comes home <laughs> and he wants to see how far we've gotten with the job. And he's like, PTL, PTL. And he thinks it has something to do with plumbing, right? PTL, plumbing, don't loosen this pipe or something. And he finally goes, he goes, What's, what is PTL? And both Carl and I burst out. Praise the Lord! <laughs> so that's what they do on the job site. So, you know, you can have camaraderie with the Lord. It's, it's, I uh, love right. that. Yeah. I love that so much. I love that. Uh, so, Sam, do you have any uh, final thoughts for tonight for people? Yeah, while Jason was talking, I just had this um, moment. Like, the devil is so crafty. Yeah. And he is working so hard behind the scenes using people we don't expect <clears throat> like Margaret Sanger and Kinsey um, to decrease the population for generations yeah. and uh, sexualize children and destroy families for generations and generations. Yeah. And just now we're opening our eyes to this and seeing, and meanwhile, there's probably dozens of other Kinsey's and Sangers in other areas of society that we haven't even realized yet. Yeah. And there's even Kinsey's and Sangers popping up right now today. Yeah. And right. the agenda is to steal, kill, and destroy. And what we're doing spreading the kingdom message exponentially every time we share it is tearing the, that down 
and replacing it with something else. We yeah. need to replace it with something else every time. It's not enough True. to just take it down. Yeah. We need to also simultaneously be spreading that victorious kingdom message and filling yeah. those holes so that nothing else pops up and we're not just playing whack-a-mole with all these demonic things. And that really hit me while Jason was speaking. That's huge. And that's, guys, that speaks to this kingdom message that we're talking about. Why, how in the world did we get from, you know, modern end times theory, we're not getting sucked up like a curvy vacuum in the rapture. And, you know, how do we get from that over 24 episodes of Revelation Red Pill Wednesday into population control and Margaret yeah. Sanger and, yeah. and Alfred Kinsey? And now we're telling these testimonies. This just seems like church. Number one, you're right. It is. But... What we have seen is as the church has exited from society, we have allowed these high places to remain and they have taken dominion that is not rightfully theirs. And when, when, when Christians do get on, they can tear down one stronghold. They do actually accomplish that every once in a while. They don't replace it yeah. because they don't have... The kingdom message, which says of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end that we are to take dominion and we are to spread the gospel, expand the kingdom and pull down and evangelize the high so, places. Hey, uh, before we enter into prayer, you said something really powerful, Sam, uh, with you and Mark uh, watching. You used to watch the true crime shows. You want to tell people about um, that and Kinsey and child molestation and all that weird, crazy stuff? So I was a big true crime junkie and um did we were obsessed like we would that was our thing our way of relaxing at the end of the night which sounds super twisted um is watch these true crime documentaries and also i'm i'm a i'm i'm like lee i just uh eat up knowledge and i seek it out in every aspect if i'm into something i'm gonna read 50 books about it and um so I, of course, take a deeper dive and I read all into serial killers and all of that stuff. And this one book really struck me. It was written by the man who created the, uh, the method of finding serial killers. The pro, um, like profiling, the, right? Yeah, profiling for the FBI at Quantico. And okay. the, he has a show based on him. Um, okay but um in his book it's called how to create a monster and i thought that was a very interesting way to look at serial killers not just what do they have all in common but literally that they are being created mm. and there's three essential things that need to exist in a person in order for a serial killer to populate and that is one, head trauma at a young age. Two, some kind of personality defect, like genetically. And three, there has to be sexual um, deviance or molestation or rape, something like that occurring in childhood. And without all three of those things existing, you do not get a serial killer. That's crazy. Um, this man interviewed all... Um, serial killers who were locked up um, in the 70s and 80s. And because you would normally interview criminals when and they're so in jail. You also noticed clusters, right? Yes. 
And um, so the only serial killer that didn't um, admit to any sexual issue in his past was um, just one. It was one, and he just didn't admit it. He's very famous. I can't remember. Dahmer. Oh, Jeffrey Dahmer. Okay. Yeah. So, um, but, so the data is all there, that it's these three things must happen to a child. This is not if it happens to a teenager, if it happens to an adult, it does not occur. It has to happen in childhood. So, Kinsey, in the 70s, um, we were, me, my, me and my husband always wondered while we're watching all these serial killer shows, what happened in the 70s, man? Like, serial killers were really rare before then. And it wasn't just like they weren't getting caught. Like, it was just not occurring. And... So we were constantly like, yo, what was wrong with that generation? Like, what did their parents do to them? Or like, we were constantly trying to figure it out. It's Kinsey. Yeah. Sex it's the pornography. Of children and pornography yeah. and the playboy. It was pornography coming out. Thank you, Kinsey. And yeah. it, all these boys got exposed. And all these boys that had the other two factors became serial killers. And yeah, our children now yeah. are being exposed to pornography at an insane rate against their will in TikTok and yeah. YouTube and this and that in school by their teachers talking about the LGBTQ. That is a mental molestation and it's happening to our children. So all they need is a bump on the head and a personality disorder and we've got a population going out of control and violence in the future wow. mm -hmm. so that i've got a little testimony we can kind of move into prayer of uh, a viewer who um said first let me thank you for your revelation red pill series your obvious connection to the holy spirit has reawakened a desire in me to seek god's will for me thus the following is inspired by your faith and your my salvation feel free to use this as you see fit uh, I'll not be uh, using any new or other than uh, message, so he wants to remain anonymous. So there's no, um, no names here. Don't worry. I was born in the 60s. I'm from a good Catholic family. My parents are still alive and together. I certainly had a normal, happy childhood. My first exposure to... So he didn't become a serial killer. That's good. Um, my first exposure to porn was my father's copies of Adam and Eve magazine, the Barker's Beauties edition. It was just topless photos. I don't believe my father has ever seen hardcore porn. I, however, cannot make that claim. I was not born into wealth. In fact, just the opposite. I got a paper route at 11 and have been employed ever since. While collecting the paper, I was groomed by a 40-year-old man. I didn't see it that way at the time, but it fits everything I know now of the process. It started with smelling pot from his place. He invited me to join in smoking a joint. It then progressed into beers and joints. He started leaving porn magazines out um, and eventually started watching videos with me. Eventually, he wanted to have oral sex, and I let him give me oral sex. It shattered me at 13 years old. I avoided him every day after that. I'm not incredibly, um, and I never uh, got a job as a porn star, yet that is the measure I compare myself to. This and the homosexual act I, par I partook in destroyed my sense of self-confidence or self-respect I had in regards to girls. I even made advances towards one of my sisters in some juvenile attempt to prove myself that I wasn't gay. 
This is harder for me to write than I can describe. This single act brought about by my confusion and pain over being molested destroyed many of my relationships with my family. It took decades to fix the relationships, not me. I wound up paying prostitutes for sex. I didn't look at women as anything other than sources of gratification, not exactly a healthy basis for relationships. I did, however, wind up getting married. I found a woman as damaged, if not more than me. I married her to fix my drinking and, separ and then separated six months later. I got sober after my final DUI and we got back together after I stayed sober for a year and a half. This did nothing to stop my porn addiction. 20 years later, I'm still fighting that addiction. I, I am trying to turn over a new leaf. Putting down this addiction has proven harder than my alcoholism. There is no telling how many hours I've wasted watching porn, but I can feel every minute of guilt I associate with it. Five years ago, my wife had cervical cancer and sex pretty much ended our in, our, in our relationship. I have been using that as an excuse for continuing in my addiction. This may be the first time I have ever articulated this sentiment outside of my own head. All I can do is try to be better, and yes, I certainly find when I'm busy, there's no time for porn. When I'm praying or listening to faith-based podcasts, there's no desire to watch porn. Idle time is, a da is, is dangerous to any addict, this one in particular. Thank you for bringing this deviance into the light. One day, I will be free from this physical malady. The only question is, will I, be, will I stop breathing first? I have no words of wisdom. I'm looking for solutions. Thanks for giving me permission to seek answers to questions my fears wouldn't allow me to seek. Jason, John, do you have any answers? I'm just going to say what he's doing right there is the first step in it. Mm. Yeah. Is reaching out. Um, God called us into community for a reason. We're not to do this life alone. And one of the biggest tactics of my years in ministry that I've seen is the enemy wants to isolate. And pornography tends to be a sin of isolation. You yeah. know, so the enemy is very much wants him to hold this in, to not share it. Now, you don't sh share it with everybody, but sharing it with people that will pray for you, not gossip about it, but pray for you, leave for you to be set free. And so I believe he took the first step is admitting there's a problem and seeking godly counsel that will stand with him as he, as he gets free, he will get free with what he's doing. So that would be my thought. John. Yes. It's huge that you're, you're at the, this point, like Jason said, of, of, you know, admitting it and moving forward Repenting to the Lord helped me. Also, um, it is a daily, definitely a daily battle. And keeping busy definitely helps, like you said. And and so you you also have a, identified your your triggers, which mm. is another really um, positive step so you got to avoid those triggers uh for sure mm -hmm. and if you can get to that point where you recognize the trigger before the trigger pulls you then then you've you've got to you've got to be you've got you're you're on you're on your way to overcoming right. and so it's a it's a daily walk and daily repentance and and you you're you 
definitely can do it and you can 100% do it with the Lord. Mm -hmm. And you, you just, again, back to that trust, trust it in the Lord that when you seek him to stop, you will stop. He will help you stop. And an accountability partner is, is helpful. Like Jason said, someone that's not going to gossip about it, but help you through it. Someone maybe, maybe, maybe that'll help you with the trigger. People are different how they respond um, to overcoming a, a trigger. And a lot of times it's an accountability partner you, you could, that you can call or, or text when the trigger happens that, hey, uh, I just need to talk through something with you and, and, okay. you, you, and pray through it, um, read scripture together, uh, joke about some scripture, like the, the, the whole blind man thing that I talked about, and, and uh, walking it out. You can walk it out. Yeah, it's great that you recognized it, and, and you will overcome. Mm -hmm. and, and be honest with your wife. And be honest with those around you. And yeah, mm -hmm. um, yep. if there is a spouse in, involved, yes, and, and that is, uh, that's right. So that, that. Go ahead, Stacy. Did you want to say something too? Well, I'm just looking at it from a point of view that um, after a while, those images are just um, emblazoned in your eyes and in your head, and you can't get rid of them. And even in your, so in your idle time, um, that's what pops up first because of what um, your body is calling for, um, for more. And so, and, and it's a sexual release. And you, and you need to go do something else besides that. So you should do some physical energy. You should go to bed exhausted. You should um, do push-ups, you know, do all those things and say you're doing it for that purpose. Acknowledge why you're doing it, not yet you're pushing it away. I'm doing this to get this image out of my mind. I'm doing this so I can overcome today for this moment because it is a moment by moment struggle, especially if you've been in it for lots of years and depending on how deep you go in pornography because pornography is- More is the pain in his wife. Exactly. And so that when your wife is five years into cervical cancer, um, there is still intimacy in love and in marriage. Mm, that's um, good. So that you can, um, find uh, joy and, and peace and bodily comfort in, in, in her and in your union when you're, when you're honest and fresh and raw. Um, wow, and and, so and I, I really believe that because um, that's how we overcame it. So, because I know that it's still in his mind. I know it's still in his brain. I know that it will never disappear without you know, um, literally removing his brain. So, I mean, that's not going to happen. Um, so how do we overcome that? And how do I overcome what he's thinking or seeing in his head? Um, and so we, we are honest with each other and we, um, come together in, in, um, in love, uh, to be able to, um, help him through it, to be honest with you. So if you're honest with your wife in that your struggle, uh, I, I, I pray that she will be open to help you through it is what I'm, I'm, you know, um, if that's your true heart, uh, to the Lord, if you, if you open up to God and you, I pray to God. And if she's a praying woman, 
um, and she physically can't, uh, might not be able to be physically have intimacy. She can still have uh, a connection that was a with you. prophetic word that you just gave, Stacy. Yeah. You gave a prophetic word. What you spoke over this viewer was that his whole life, he has never been able to be physically intimate in love and never felt fulfilled in independency a day in his life. And when God sets him free from pornography, even though his wife may not be able to physically do all the things that he thinks she should be able to do, he mm -hmm. will actually feel more fulfilled, more yeah. intimate, more love than he has mm -hmm. ever felt in his entire life because it will be about giving to his wife who is broken, who is sad, who is obviously going through a uh, 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 pain. And when you give unto yourself, it is better mm -hmm. to give than to receive. Yeah. The you problem give with of yourself. Give of yourself. It is better yeah. to give than to receive. And that is the problem with porn. The reason you have to go for more and more and more and all of the things that we're talking about, it's about taking, it's about selfishness. The problem with being a thief is that you, ha you have never stolen enough and it's never yours and it never satisfies. But when you give, you wake up the next morning and you feel good about yourself. It's like having a workout. Mm -hmm. When your body aches from a workout, you feel good. You want to go back for it again. Well, and then, and yeah. when you give to your wife and when you give to your kids, you're giving of yourself. And that is yeah. what the devil is actually with the pornography is stealing from you. Yes. The greatest yes. fulfillment it's that you separate. could ever have. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. This idea. If, if I could add, ahead, Sam, sorry. Yeah. Um, in recovery, um, you learn you to speak life over yourself. You, if you wake up every day and you tell yourself you're an addict, you're an addict, you're an addict, that's who you are. So you need to take that identity and replace that identity and yeah. turn it over to Christ. In Christ, you are not a porn addict. In mm. Christ, Amen. you are free of this. And you yes. need to speak that over yourself. Every mm -hmm. time that temptation hits you, you start mm -hmm. telling people, I don't yeah. look at porn. I, that's not what I, who I am. That's not I what I that. do. Yes. That's not what I stand for. Yes. And yes. as you speak <laughs> that, it starts to become true. Yes. Mm. You start to gain confidence true. in that yeah. true identity. It is true. Yes. It is true. Yes. Yeah. And, 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 and what church. Leah was saying with acts of service, that was where I was going next, is you are anyone in your position. It is hard to be a caretaker of someone who yeah. is ill. Mm -hmm. And it is very easy to um, become about self in that, what is lacking um, what you're no longer receiving because of that. So I encourage you every time, again, you have those thoughts uh, to reach for your phone, to go to the computer or whatever, um, or if you're just sitting and bring up those thoughts on your own, shut it down, turn away from that, and think of something you can do for your wife. Wow. What can I do for her? If I can get her a cup of coffee, go pick a flower, go write a yes. post-it note love story. Turn it around. Turn it from this evil, disgusting, shameful thing and make it something that you're proud of. Yes. And soon you won't be yeah. eating those thoughts to it's, it's, encourage good behavior. It will and just that's be good truth. behavior. Yes, Samantha. Yes. Because when you when you actually 
turn the sin over that one time, you almost feel rewarded in a yes. sense that you yes. did it right. And then you look for yes. that reward again. And you're you're like, to oh, give yourself, you're replacing blood. the yes. dopamine. You're yes. replacing a dopamine. Yes. If you need to look, it, look up what gives you dopamine in yes. nature. Look up what gives you, and do more of it. Just and that's right. All those things. That's correct. But acts of service is going to do it every time for you. Oh, that's really good. Jason, yeah. do you have anything on that? Through all of this, the tools of the enemy are identity issues. He wants to come steal, kill, and destroy our identity. He wants to isolate us and make us idle. Yeah. The kingdom has the solutions. He comes and he re renewed our so as I see so identity issues, isolation, idleness. Identity. The kingdom solution. Idleness. And so the kingdom. <laughs> The kingdom solution is he came and gave us what? We're sons and daughters of God. He came and said, here, you're a new creature. Here's your new identity. You're not who you used to be. You're not a sinner. You're not all this. He gave us community. He gave us the ecclesia, the body of Christ that we're doing tonight. And he gave us the land. Tend to the land, have dominion. You're not going to, he literally, the enemy wants to destroy the identity of his children. Literally, as you're talking about the serial killers of three things. First, they have to be heard as a kid. Yeah. They got to have a messed up identity. Yeah. They have to have a brain injury. Brain yeah. injuries can happen through vaccines, let's be honest. If you read, mm -hmm. read, read Sherry Tenpennies, so we can yeah. medically brain damage them. And what was the third one? I'm drawing a blank right now. Being molested. Molested or raped. Being molested. Or and so the I think it's just exposed to something sexual, even pornography it's as a child, which is molestation. Yeah, yeah. even deviance. Yeah. Yeah. So all that can happen, honestly, before kids with internet, I mean, our kids, we give them their phones at, you know, oh, we, we want quiet. We give them phones. So literally, we're helping destroy our kids' identities. And then we isolate them with COVID. And then now they're idle. And what do they do? And so mm -hmm. the answer is our identity in Christ, community with the Ecclesia, and getting back to the land. Yeah. Oh, that's Amen. it. Amen. Amen. All right. So here's the well, deal. I got, a happy, I got one happy testimony. because that was time. Said, real quick. I have one viewer who said... Uh, uh, that he went to church. He says um, he was in a small fellowship. It was at the right, I, it was right at the time of the sound of freedom. And you two convinced me that I shouldn't see it by myself. Being kind of a loner, I didn't feel like uh, reaching out, but I did anyhow. I was surprised when I was able to convince 10 people from the fellowship to go to the movie with me. It was great. That being said, I was convicted by your teaching about repenting from porn in my life. I had indulged in it, doing all sorts of mental gymnastics to make it acceptable. I told myself, mm -hmm. I'm not married. I have no kids. Who am I harming? I need some sort of female companionship. This filled the void, etc. But I listened to your broadcast on it with Corey, and I knew what you guys said was right. I had to make changes, and I did. I threw out my porn. I can't get rid of my computer. I'm writing on it uh, right now to you, but I prayed over it, and I cleansed it, and I vowed never to go to those sites again. So, there you go. There's more to that testimony. Amen. That is really powerful. And that's what we've been that. seeing since doing these episodes, whether it's with Corey or Sound of Freedom or the past three weeks. Scott um, Kesterson. Scott Kesterson's interview. It's building. And now is the time for us to flush the, the, the pornography and sexual deviancy out of our 
church, out of society, out of our lives. And so I think we probably, if they're willing to come back, going to need to finish this discussion next week because I do want to talk about Kinsey. I want to do kind of a roundtable on that and break down some of this and get some thoughts that that Sam and Stacy and John and Jason have had um, over the past three weeks. And then also I want to go into child molestation. Um, I want to talk about that. I want to pray for healing for those of you that ha- that has happened to so that we can get you guys delivered. Now, I know not everybody in that's watching because thousands of people watch this show. I know you're not going to be able to come to Bards Fest with us where we are going to lay hands on people and get them delivered. But tonight I want to pray for you guys and I and we want to pray with you. And, and, and so tonight let's focus primarily on the porn. Mm-hmm. And then next week when we pray, we'll focus primarily on yeah. the molestation. And I know it's getting late. So if any of our great guests need to bow out while we're praying, you just you exit the Zoom and you just can bow out. But we're going to pray here. And uh, if you guys have prayer requests, put them in the chat. If you guys need specific deliverance for your for your family, for yourself, put those in the chat. If you're embarrassed about putting in the chat, send them an email, massfaith33gmail.com. And um, we're just going to pray here. So what I want to do is if anybody, I want to start with you three, because if any of you want to bow out during the prayer, you have already prayed. So let's start with John and Stacy. Will you guys start us off with prayer? Yes. Uh, Lord, we come to you. You come to your throne of grace right now, Father God, with with our, our hearts open to you, Father God. We, we truly invite you into our life and into our space and, and have the Holy Spirit dwell within us, Father God, and dwell amongst us. I truly ask God that the people that are, re- are crying out to you right now and they're alone and they're by themselves right now, Father God, and they're like touched by the conversation that's mm-hmm. been happening, Father God, that you will speak to them and tell them, you're right, you're, you're okay, I'm here with you. God is here with you right yes. now. He's going to help you through it. He's going to He's going to encourage you through it. He's going to open doors that you yes. won't even know. And, he's going to, and, and people are going to have a conversation that you wouldn't know. And all of a sudden it's going to happen. And your ears will, you'll hear it and you'll say, oh, that's from the Lord. He is guiding you. Yes. He is with you. And I just want to, I just want you all to know, every one of you, that none of you, there isn't a single one of you that God isn't with right now. All right. So, so in Jesus name, I just pray this over all of you right now. I pray this over um, our own group. Also, I don't ever want to have to struggle with it again. And I, I reach up every single day, uh, Lord, that, that, that the Lord will always be with us in our marriage and in our life. And so I, 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 I bless all of you. I ask that each and every one of you seek the Lord deeply in your heart and listen, and he will tell you what to do. He will show you. And I, I, I just give you all love and guidance in God's name, in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, yes. Yes. Hallelujah. Father God, we do lift up all those, Lord Father, that, that are seeking you, Lord God, seeking your your help in this, Lord Father, that that you uh, you are faithful and you will be there for them you are there with them now lord father yes lord. you just i, I pray lord that they that you will continue to seek your your heavenly father and think about what is pleasing to him as you overcome and you lean on lean on father god for the ability to overcome yes, and and those around you that want to help you uh, seek them seek your 
seek, like like uh, Stacy was saying, seek a giving heart mm -hmm. to to reach out to those around you and and help someone else, and that will help you overcome your desire to to be self fulfilled. Isolation is not good. Keep from isolation. Keep, Keep from isolation. Yes. Yes. In Jesus' name. I just pray these things in Jesus' name that, that again, seek and trust in, in your Heavenly Father. Yes. Yes. In Jesus' name, amen. I just ask, Lord, that you would be with everyone who's watching right now, either live or in the replay, Lord, that you would tell them their identity in you lord that you would cast mm. off any false identity that they are carrying the yes, lies to in their mind about who they are and replace those thoughts lord seek them out destroy mm. them and rebuild them lord yes, rebuild lord. them and restore their fortunes restore their name restore yes. them for wow. all that has been lost and taken mm. from them in the victimization that society has done to us, Lord, Amen. that you would restore it all. Mm -hmm. And that they would not lose hope, that they would be encouraged, and that they will feel restored completely to their new identity, Lord, in you, the new name. You will give us a new name. Wow. Thank you so much, Lord, for your faithfulness. You are faithful every day, and every single one of us who draws breath at this moment can say that the Lord is faithful every day. Yes. Yes. Jesus. Thank you. Lord, we just thank you for everybody that's hearing tonight's message. Lord, we thank you that there is freedom in Christ. Lord, we thank you that there's no other person, no other name that brings freedom like the name of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Lord, we thank you mm -hmm. that you search our hearts and reveal anything that is not as, not of you. Lord, we seek righteousness. Mm -hmm. Lord, righteousness is a key to having dominion in our lives, to having dominion over the power of the enemy. Lord, we say, let your righteousness reign over everybody that hears this message. Let your faith become the guiding way of our lives. Lord, we thank you. That we, you never leave us or forsake us, even in the mm -hmm. darkness of pornography. That you never leave us or forsake us. You are always calling us forth to the light. Lord, we thank you for the glorious light. We thank you for the freedom of Jesus. We thank you for the blood of Christ that sets yeah. us free. And that we can walk in that freedom today. We thank you for the people that are hearing this and making the decision to say, no more. I'm going to stand and I'm not going to succumb to this temptation anymore. Yeah. The, the enemy will attack my mind, but I will say I will not succumb Amen. to this. Wow. Lord, the enemy mm -hmm. will want a war against me to make mm -hmm. me to fall back in old habits, but I will stand on the revelation of who mm -hmm. I am in Christ. And for that, that Christ has set me free, and I am mm -hmm. free indeed. Lord, we thank you that pornography, that this whole system of sexual perversion, 
will just fall. That the enemy's plan will fall. This will not come to affect any more people. It will not affect any more generation. We are a people, a righteous remnant that is rising that says you will not take the children again. You will not take another generation. We thank you that that system comes and not that we will hear and hear of more and more people rising saying no more. No more. We thank you that for the freedom for the two million children in sex trafficking. Amen. Amen. We thank you for freedom of the people that have been molested, that are having these thoughts of becoming serial killers. We thank you for yes. freedom for them, that they will not go down that path. Lord, that you bring strength to these people, that you knock on their hearts so that they will become free in Jesus' name. We thank you that the power of God will set this nation free, that will set people free, and that will restore families, that will restore Hope to a generation that has lost hope in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord, reverse it. Reverse wow, any damage. Reverse, reverse it. any reverse damage it. that has been done to anyone in this room in the name of destruction, in the yes. name of destroying families, in the name of destroying identities, in the name of destroying children, destroying yes. innocence, Lord, that you reverse it. Reverse it in their minds and make it right again, Lord. You restore and reverse it. It doesn't have to equal serial killers. It doesn't yes. have to equal yes, loneliness. It doesn't have to equal that. Yes, right. Lord. Those three things may be true, but they do not have to happen. Lord, no. reverse it. Reverse it in Jesus' name. Reverse it, Lord. Reverse it today. Right now. Reverse it, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. I know we were going to talk about or focus on praying for people who had addictions to pornography, but as I was, as, as they were praying earlier, I just kept hearing it. Uncle Dan, Uncle Dan, Uncle Dan, there's somebody out there who has an Uncle Dan who did something to you as a child and it has um, shot your life in a trajectory that it never would have happened. And you're sitting there and you're going, I can't move on mm. because of what Uncle Dan did. And maybe you're listening and it wasn't even your Uncle Dan. You're like, I had an Uncle Dan, but his name wasn't Dan. There, there, are, there are those that are listening, but there is one specific right now that uh, God, is, God is speaking directly to you. And God is saying, I'm going to heal it. And so Sam's word of reverse it, I felt like was directly for that person and for so many other people. But it came at the same time she was yeah. saying reverse it and I was hearing Uncle Dan and so um, right now Father God I just pray that you reverse what this Uncle Dan did and so many other mm -hmm. um, yes. people that we, we were supposed to trust as children we're supposed to trust our aunts and our uncles and our teachers and our coaches and, and all these and our grandparents and they're supposed to love us and they're supposed to protect us and they violate those most sacred um, bonds of trust and so right now Father God I just pray that you go back to these children in their childhood and you mm -hmm. reverse what happened you reverse it when these kids uh, stumbled mm. upon pornography or they were um, exposed to it in some way like the stories that we've heard here tonight Lord God make it like they never happened and, and Father I come yeah. before you as a daughter of Christ who has mm -hmm. been saving herself for you and we have been devoting ourselves to ministry and to minister to the lost and to the downtrodden because there haven't been enough men on the field and where are the men they're in the uh the red cross tent they are they are wounded they're all wounded mm -hmm. and we're here mm -hmm. out front and we are taking the hits and we are trying to advance the cause while all the men that we need are in the tent then they need yes. healing so lord god please right now we're asking you to heal our brothers and get them out back on the battlefield and we curse that we curse the curse that came after them that decided to take them off the battlefield so the women had to go out front 
We yes. curse that curse. Yes. So not only are we mending the men, we but we're out being the men because the men, and we need you. We need the men to rise up and we need them to be healed and we need them to be able to shrug off this infirmity that has so long struck them for generation after generation after generation. My father's generation wasn't there. My brother's generation isn't there. The children's generation, they're not there because they've been pulled off of the battlefield. And this is happening specifically in the body of Christ and in the church. So yes. right now we say to you, devil, this demonic horde of, of demons that have gone out to oppress the men in the body of Christ right now. You don't even mm. know what is coming after you. We are coming after you. We are pulling down these high places because yeah. we have too much work to get done because there are yeah. children that are being sex trafficked. Meanwhile, we've got our warriors in the tent that are addicted and abused by pornography and things that have happened to them since they were children and we need mm. them. So Satan, yes, get ready because we yeah. are here and we are coming and we are here yeah. right now. And so anybody yeah. that's listening in the sound of my voice, that's one of those wounded warriors in the tent. Right now, yes. I'm telling you, God's telling you to pick up your mat and walk. To walk. pick up your mat yeah. and get on yeah. the battlefield. Hallelujah. You are no you are, longer wounded. You are no longer are bound healed. to this addiction that has healed. been so long bes be besotted you and, and taking you down and taking you out. You are cleansed from the top of your head mm. to the soles of your feet. Mm. You are purified in your brain. You are purified in your spirit. You are purified in your heart. And you are purified in every memory of anything mm -hmm. that ever happened. In the name Thank of Jesus, you. we are sanctifying you. We are laying hands on you, even though we can't yeah. actually touch you. In the name of Jesus, pick Thank up your mat, Jesus. walk, and go yes. to yes. the armory and start getting out the weapons because there are yes. too many out there that we have to defeat and we need you. Yes. So yes. right now, yes. God is giving a blanket healing right now. And it doesn't matter if you looked at porn yesterday. You're never going to look at it again. And you are going to set people free who are addicted to it. You are yes. now on the battlefield. You are a general. And it doesn't matter what happened yesterday. What <laughs> It matters what happens going forward. So right now, in the name of Jesus, Jesus, we are rising up these men and we are bringing them to the battlefield. And I just see this vision of all these women that are out there and they are covered in dirt and they are covered in blood and they are covered in sweat and they've got swords and they've got bows and arrows and, they've, and they're literally just so tired and they're so exhausted and it looks like I can't keep going on in this battle. And all of a sudden, I just see this mighty horde, this mighty uh, uh, rushing of men and all of the women are looking around and they're tears are streaming down their face and they're so thankful for the reinforcements that have come yeah. and i'm yeah. seeing these yeah. women that they can now go back to the tent yeah. and they can get repaired and they can get refreshed because the men are looking and i'm literally seeing men taking swords out of the hands of women yeah. and telling them that they can go back to the tent yes and All the creation groans and waits for the sons of God to be revealed. Oh, come on. Mm. So the Amen. Lord says, um, you are free. The chains are off. Um, mm. It's like an elephant who's trained with a chain around his uh, his ankle from the time he's little. When, wow. he's, when he's old, he, he could just break it. Now, here's the thing. You are an elephant and you feel like you're chained, but the chain isn't there anymore. Uh, you just need to walk no. free. That's it. Walk, yeah. walk, it started yeah. with in the 1900s with the end times theology. You see perversion mm. of the gospel leads to perversion in the bedroom. And then Whoa. it leads to abuse of children. Ooh. Because the gospel was always designed to do two things. To protect the widow and the fatherless. To take care of the women and the children. 
children. And when yes. when the uh, perversion came in with the end times theology, men gave up and they they stopped taking care of the widow and the fatherless. This when the Schofield Reference Bible came in was when perversion started to come in, come and the, and the church decided to to run away. And actually, women, if you want to get your men free from uh, the pornography, then you must repent of keeping them in the tent. You have Whoa. to repent because your desire for Jesus to come back, your wow. uh, doom and gloom has kept your husband addicted to porn. Your desire, these women who, who are not addicted to porn, who are looking at their husbands, what is going on with society? The majority of women are end times uh, theologists wow. and they are come telling on. their men, men are, want to go out Whoa. on the battlefield Whoa. and fight and they are telling their men not to fight. They are telling their men wow. not to farm. They're telling their men not to build generations. They're telling their men not to have kids that my body can't handle these kids anymore i don't want to have kids these men are saying i would like to be generations and these women have been saying but there will be no more generations sit down hunker down and wait for jesus to come back and they what that men have been doing is they've been forced into a funnel of pornography because that's what they've been doing sitting down waiting for jesus to come back and yes. idle hands create the devil's work yes and yes. so we're right now we release this message and that's why you guys are here for this end time theology and that's why you're you've been watching the Margaret Sanger and you've been watching the Alfred Kinsey and you've been sticking with this for 28 weeks. Thousands of you from across the world who are waiting for your brothers and sisters to get the message to get up, to fight and to win because the battle is already won. You are already free. You're free from addiction. You're free financially. You're free in love. You're free in marriage. You're free in every single country in America because the gospel is being preached over Everywhere. your life. Somebody else got a word? Claim victory over your life. Yes. Claim God the victory in Jesus' name. And so do not be afraid. Yeah. Claim, Claim victory over your life. He already paid for it. He already paid for it. It's been done. Yes. Accept yes. it. Declare yes. it. Wow. Declare, Declare it proudly and Walk in victory. Walk in victory. Hallelujah. Live in victory. Hallelujah. Think in victory. Go forward in victory. Yes. You are has not done it the all. last generation. Oh, come on. You That's are right. not the last generation. Jesus Christ yes. has already come, and you are going to live to a ripe old age. Stop waiting yes. for Jesus to come back. He has already come, and I speak to all of you, yes. all of you truthers out there who think that Jesus Christ is coming in your lifetime. Stop it. That is from the pit of hell because I'm telling yes. you what you have taken a word from God which is Jesus waiting in the wings waiting for you to believe for him to manifest himself based upon the promises that he I has already given to us rather than promises that you wish to see in the future wow. because he yes. cannot manifest yes. what you wish to see in the future until you already believe what he has already accomplished in the past yes. Yes. because yes. the past the beginning and the end and the who and everything in the past and you have been succumbed to this anti-psychology and many of you are still hanging on like a baby with a pacifier jesus jesus please end the world Pass it it. Off. Please, Pass it. in the 
world in your lifetime, you are going to have children and grandchildren and great great grandchildren probably for another thousand years. And you guys have to be ready to be building and not tearing things down and not waiting. Stop Accept the waiting. good news. Accept the gospel. This is the gospel. Come this on. is the good news. This is the only good news. Yes. Yes. God Why created the heavens this? and the earth, Why and he said it is the good. good news. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus. When Thanks. the gospel is truly preached, mm. because mm. I'm telling you, honey child, in every single church in America, very few of them preach the gospel. Yes. That Jesus Christ has defeated the enemy. That Jesus oh, Christ yes. is setting up his kingdom. Yes. That we are kingdom yes. kids and we are manifesting yes. the new Thank Jerusalem. You, Our yes. founding fathers yes. had it. The pilgrims had it. And they but were actually, builders. Yeah. And they went to Africa and they went to the far corners of the earth. And they preached the gospel Praise of the kingdom Jesus. of God. Yeah. And so what we need to yeah. see yeah. is a generation of men who are preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Come and on. guess what? Like Teflon, pornography slips right off. Because when you are a king Amen. in a kingdom Declare. you do not yeah. bow yourself oh, down to prostitutes you have a queen by yeah. your side you do not mix your seed with that of a whore or a prostitute who are you these mix uncircumcised your seed only with the queen because you who have a legacy and your legacy yeah. cannot be mingled with that of the unclean your legacy cannot be mingled with the with the common and so men are choosing to be kings once again and they choose a queen who they are faithful to for the rest of their life and they are training children to be kings and they are honoring that marriage covenant and they are honoring their place in the kingdom and they are building a kingdom because they know that they are not part of this world that they actually live in heaven where there are there's no perversion there's no corruption there's no uh, homosexuality or perversion outside of what God has created and all of you out there who think that everything can be done in the marriage bed Whoa, let the marriage bed be undefiled and a lot of you men you have pornography in your marriage bed and the Lord says you have defiled your marriage bed you have brought prostitutes into your marriage bed and you must cleanse it you must cleanse that some of you need to, to spiritually burn the bed and start all over again you need to start mm. wooing your wife all over again like you just met yeah. her you yeah. need to rededicate your marriage and, and, bed and repent you need to bring this in and, and, and start all over because God is going to renew your marriage vows. He is going to wow. renew your marriage. He is going to cleanse that marriage bed. And this is the gospel of the kingdom. You see, God throws things throw as far as the east is from the west. And you know what? When you have the mind of Christ, then your mind is renewed. And your mind out of heaven, those images are gone because when you are living in your mind in heaven, there will no those images will not be there. And those memories will be wiped. And so in Jesus name those memories those images are wiped in Jesus name it is like you have never seen those images it's like you're looking at your wife for the first time as she is the only woman that you have ever seen and he is wiping your brain clean and he is cleansing your mind as you have your mind clean you need to be in the word reading the word praying the word on audio tape or audio bible listening to the word over and over again because you are washed and regenerated by the word of God Jesus the living 
word, the living bread. Listen and begin to read from Genesis to Revelation and again and again and again. And you are washed and you are cleansed and your garments are cleansed. And the book of Revelation begins to manifest in your life. And you put on the crown and you put on the vestments. And he writes your name and he writes and he gives you a new name that no one shall name. And this is the essence of what we have been experiencing in the Revelation red pill. Where we are living out to the kingdom. Where we hold our heads high and our shoulders are broad. And we can march and we can look the enemy in the eye and we say, get thee behind me, Satan. And he will yes, not ask, he will not say, Peter and Paul, I know, but you, I don't know. They will know you because right behind you is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And he is living inside of you. And you are the express yeah. image of the Almighty. And as you are transformed into the express image of the Almighty, nothing mm. shall by any means harm you. You live out of the kingdom. And so the witnesses that are with you begin to fight with you. The Abrahams, the Isaacs, wow, the Jacobs, the Samuels, the Samsons, the the. the Rus, the, the, the Boaz, the Deborahs. You see, there is an army of saints, but they must be activated by the king and activated by your faith because when you die, you don't die, you live on. You have greater things to do even when you're out of this shell and out of this body, your spirit lives on. And we are together with these saints. We are together and we are fighting and we are advancing and we are fighting and you receive more blessings and more blessings. Abraham, every time a new child comes into the kingdom, Abraham wants another child. You see, that is why God says do not shut up the womb. That is why God says do not sterilize the men that it was an Old Testament principle though the sterilized men couldn't even come into the kingdom couldn't couldn't even come into the, the to the, uh, the the holy of holies why because Abraham was blessed and was told by God your children shall be numbered as a as a sand of the sea and the stars in the sky and you see you you could be the next birthing of another Abraham you could be the birthing of another Paul and they are in your loins as soon as you have as you reach puberty you see the children that you shall have are in your loins they are in your loins and God speaks and he says I have land for you and now we go back to the Deuteronomy and you say God will provide for these children and now we go back to Genesis and the reversing the curse God will provide for these children and so I yes. speak a blessing over you all of you men that you will yes. enlarge the place yes. of your tents that your your grandfather's yes. or your great grandfather's land that, that, that was stolen from you will be returned if you never had an inheritance the inheritance in heaven will be manifested on earth just like God gave boundaries to the children uh, of Israel, he has boundaries for you. So uh, I speak a blessing over you. Blessing uh, coming and going. Come on. Blessing in the fruit of the womb. Yes. That your Thank name you. will be great. That people will yes. say that, that your name is great. That you will be known as an honorable family. That your children, women, your children will rise up and you will be called blessed. We speak healing over you wives who have been who have been broken. And right now, as your husbands who, who, who have been looking at porn right now, in Jesus' name, there is a special grace that will come upon you. A special grace as you understand what your husband was was taken captive and now he is free there will be a special grace to come upon you and you will be graced because you will see that this was this was not a choice of his many men choose sin but most men right now in this they have not chosen it it was done to them and so there's a special forgiveness and there's a special grace and i thank you for this right now tonight lord god we seal this up we speak healing over everybody who's watching if you're a victim of child sex trafficking or abuse or molestation god says i love you i'm going to heal it that this is not the end this is just the beginning 
beginning. Many of you have had on this episode, old wounds come to the surface and you feel like you're bleeding and you feel like you're broken. You say, do not stop. Don't stop. Don't stop. I'm not healed. This is just the beginning. Do not worry. Do not worry. Right now we speak, Father God, that you begin to heal as they sleep. Mm. Heal when they wake up tomorrow. And the healing that has begun tonight as you have surgically opened people up and the infection is coming, you are going to put the healing balm of of the anointing of the Holy Ghost is going to come into you tonight. And as you yeah. sleep, the Holy Spirit is going to begin to work his way into the parts of your mind and even into the parts of your body that have been broken or molested or, or, or broken. And, and there's places that you don't even want to be touched because it hurts and, it, and you're scared and you scream at night and mm-hmm. you don't even know what to do and you can't even function. You can function. You're normal in Jesus' name. That's right. It's mm-hmm. like you were never yeah. molested. It was like you were never touched. And God is yeah. making all things new. Behold, I make all things new. And so the word the Lord has for you tonight is tonight you are seen. Oh, wow. Come on. I see you. I know you. You mm. came here tonight. If you are watching tonight and you are broken, the word the Lord gave me earlier, and he's, he's impressing upon me right now. He says, they don't need to call you by your name. Many of you say, call me by my name. Call out my situation. He says, you are seen. You were brought here to Come this on. broadcast tonight Hallelujah. because you are seen. And I brought you here. You stumbled across this, this broadcast. You've been sitting with these, these, these wild and crazy people and these wild and crazy girls who are talking about all kinds of crazy things for this mm-hmm. one moment and this one time in your life for the Lord yeah. to say to you, you are yeah. seen, you are healed, you are loved. Yeah. And you were loved and he was with you and he's going to make it like it never happened. So we, we sew this up right now in Jesus name. We seal this up. This is not the end. This is just the beginning. And we thank you for it in Jesus name. We pray. Amen. Amen. Jason, did you have any? No, you says the Lord. I know you says the Lord. I knit you together in your mother's womb. I know the thoughts in your head before you think them. I know the amount of the hairs on your head. I know the amount of breaths you have left in your body. I know you meet the Lord, your God. Mm. Wow. Come on. I am not in Google. You will not find me in the computer. You will not find me in other books. You need to to meet me in the living word, the only living word. Mm-hmm. I am the Crazy. breath yes. of life. Your Lord. I know you. I love you. I loved you before you were born. Yes. 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 Clean your heart, Father. Clean their hearts, Father God. Repentance, Father God. Yes, Lord, repent, and then they can be sanctified and walk in your Yes. Jesus' name. I pray that in Jesus' name. Father, we just worship you. Mm. We want to thank you for the healing. We want to thank you for the salvation. Father God, collectively we repent of our own sins of being rude or broken or pride for the perversion that we've had. Mm. For our sins known and unknown, we all repent right now in Jesus' name, every single one of us. Father God, cleanse us, cleanse our hearts, cleanse our minds so that we can come and and, and worship in your your holy of holies. Jesus, we just worship you. you, We thank you. Jesus you are so good. You are so kind. You are, the, you, are the, you are the Alpha and the Omega. You are the beginning and the end. Right when he stopped. Thank you, Father. Praise you, Jesus. love you, Lord. And I voice to worship. Oh.
Jason, did you have anything? When you were praying about the sword, I don't remember. I think it was Monday night, Sunday or Monday night. When I, <laughs> I woke up in the like the morning, I'm like, I felt like I was fighting a war and I had a sword. Like this whole, so I'm like, I, I'm like, I don't know what it means or anything, but like you kind of gave the meaning to it. Wow. It's one of those like when you actually have a dream and you wake yeah. up sore, like. I'm, yeah. Like that was, I think it was Monday morning. I'm like, I'm sore. I know I did something <laughs> that wasn't just sleeping and having a dream. And I'm like, <laughs> so, if only it was, it was crazy that way, Lord. Come on now, yeah. godliness so. is profitable unto all things. <laughs> yeah, I battled yeah. all but, night. Well, hey, it was you one know, of those. Surge has been transported a couple of times. Hey, before we before we sign off, y'all. Pager Galley hurt her foot a couple nights ago, and I just want to pray for her. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah God, I just yes. thank you for mom. I thank you for all the sacrifices that she's made. I thank you for the um, all the things that she does. And I just speak healing to that foot and to those stress fractures. And I just yeah. I just thank you, Father God, that she's not going to have the swelling anymore. I yes. thank you, Father God, that she's healed from the top of her head to the bottom of her feet. And the word the Lord gave me was that love heals. And so if we on. could all just for one moment just... In the spirit, say, I love you, Patriot Gallery. I love you. I love you. And I just know for all the things that she does, for all the little things that she does, and, and for everybody else, if you want to pray for people in your life that you care for, mm. you know why prayer works? Yes, love. it does. Amen. Yes, prayer works yes. because of love. Yes. And when you get all kind of people praying for you, what happens mm. is there's a manifestation in your body mm -hmm. because mm. you are loved. And you know mm. what Patriot Gallery would probably say? She, I know I can hear her now. I don't need your love. I need you to love God. Love just weights and balances. Love just transportations, which are yes. which is horses. Yes. She's that so is, proud right now. That's exactly <laughs> what she would say. Um, so, all right. Ken Borg says, I have my marching orders in the now space in the kingdom of God. Jesus, heal our damaged souls. I will know more to protect God's children with the words of victory and wisdom of Christ. Amen. Yes. Patriot put a link to the blog that she's working on. Uh, we, the people, are not just mere animals. Uh, and so you guys can mm. check that out. And she just did two blogs recently. Um, what is a man? Andrew, Greek man, brave and strong. There's part one and part two there. She got so. a really big word. She woke, she saw, she was holding a baby and the Lord said his name was Andrew. She looked up the word, what Andrew meant. Strong man. Strong man. Yeah, it's really powerful. Oh, wow. So it's really powerful. Yeah. All right. So um, I had promised all of these people that we would keep them for two hours and here we are <laughs> at three and they, they knew that uh, even though my my promises are well-intentioned jason literally tells his family i don't care what michelle says we know what the truth is even though <laughs> <I'm not laughs> 
conspiracy theory if it's the truth. Uh, that's so, the conspiracy theory. <laughs> that's the conspiracy But he knows that I mean it when I say it, but he also knows I'm <laughs> incapable of executing did it. You under, did you see me try? It was like it was, you tried. It was the Lord, Lord of Rings endings. There's many endings. Okay, guys, remember it's not just a conspiracy theory if it's actually the truth. We love you. God loves you. God bless. Jason loves you. John and Stacy love you. Samantha loves you. And guys, this is the Resistance Chicks Healing Ministry team. You're looking at it. And uh, so if you need prayer for deliverance, um, I've got John's email without his permission up on the screen, jbsolutions.go at gmail.com. And you can email him and he and Stacy uh, are willing. If you need deliverance from pornography, they are willing to pray with you. And uh, so sometimes you just need that one-on-one -on -one prayer. Uh, so thank John and Stacey for coming on board with that. And so here's the launching. You will see much more of their beautiful faces here on Resistance Chicks. And you already see Jason's beautiful face quite frequently. And Samantha's yeah, beautiful face Yeah, don't forget to check out back. Jason's uh, Kingdom Health Community. Kingdom Healing Community.com. Kingdom Healing Community.com. It's on the screen. Exactly. So John and Stacey are going to pray for you for deliverance. <laughs> and uh, and uh, Jason's going to help deliver your body. So, all right. Yeah. We'll see you guys next time. Revelation Red Pill Wednesday. You know, it's your favorite day of the week. All right. Bye, guys. God bless. Bye. God bless. Bye. Okay. I was called all along. No one's fault. Every day, so afraid. But you called me.